106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Omar says that the U.N. should take charge of our border issues, our border issues. The U.N., and I heard that the other day, and I like to question. But this is what I talk about when the American people allow people with different ideologies to enter and infiltrate our Congress and not follow our constitutional laws, but the own laws they got made up in their heads. Uh The U.N. don't need to take over nothing in this damn country. Uh -uh. This is the United States of America. They can take over all that shit overseas, but don't mess with nothing here in the United States if you don't want to make me mad with that. That's right. Don't nobody need to take over our border issues. We got Border Patrol to do that. That's right. But see, when you have people infiltrating, infiltrating our Congress Mm -hmm. with their own ideology, their own hateful Mm -hmm. ideology at that, okay? That's why when people come to this country, they need to assimilate to To our our ways. Right here. You all let that happen. That's right. You let that happen. That's why you got to get out. You got to talk to people. That's right. You you ain't, you pretty pretty soon they'll be taking over our Our police department and everything else. We'll be sitting around here like we slaves. That's right. Listen to the foolishness that she's spreading and she's spewing out of her mouth. Girl, I view that stuff as the antichrist. She is. That's Mm -hmm. the doggone antichrist. Y'all better be careful. Mm Mm-hmm. Y'all better be careful mm-hmm. as to what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Look at your government mm-hmm. and what's being taken over. Somebody said the UN is the one sending the illegals. <laughs> Look at that. Mm-hmm. Look at what's going on Excuse here. Excuse me, you all, for cussing. Listen, I get irritated. Let me tell you something. I keep hearing about this here order, this world order. This world order. And they want stuff. everything to be globalized yeah. where the borders are open and the UN want to come in and they take over our police departments and things like that. Uh-huh. Then you have a member of Congress talking like that. Uh-huh. You all need to make sure you vote her behind out. And a lot more others. When her time is up. A lot more others. Mm -hmm. Because they they are, yeah, they took an oath Mm -mm. to uphold the If you want to, listen, you want to take control of or something, let them build their own island. Uh Call that your America, Uh whatever. Whatever. And you take over that for you. That's right. But don't come over here pushing that mess off on us over here. That's right. Because you mm-hmm. took an oath to uphold the Constitution, right. not your ideology. So Amanda Reese said a dollar to the swear jar. So, I'm sorry, Amanda. You see, when I get, listen, I'm very passionate about our country. That's right. And if people are not careful, that's right. you all going to see something you ain't never seen see, in this country. Ooh. You won't be able to get your hair done, your no. nails done. The freedoms that you thought you had that's right. will be gone. You won't be able to buy no mm-hmm, hair. Mm-hmm. You, won't you better be stop buying. Watch what these people are saying to that's you. That's right. That you want the UN to take over our borders. That's we right. can handle our borders just fine. That's if right. they will take and if they will follow law and order, order. and follow our immigration laws yes. and policies, we but, wouldn't have a problem at the border. Now, how is it that she wants the UN to take over our border but want to abolish mm-hmm. the uh-huh. border patrol? And, and ICE. And uh-huh. ICE. Yeah. Want to remove Silly. them. These are the type of people you need over. to vote them out very quick. So forgive me. I ain't putting no dollar in the jar. I need to have, give me a a, a, a free pass. That's right. So when I get upset, it may come out Cut just like that. I'm very right passionate and patriotic right. when it comes to the United States of uh-huh. America. Yeah. And what you ain't going to do is destroy it and have us looking like a third world country That's right. while you sitting up giving your money That's to right. married men. That's Don't, right. And I didn't want to talk about it. Because I heard. 
heard about. That's right. We heard about. Mm -hmm. That's right. And she, her family mm -hmm. ran from countries that's like right, that. Huh? And now you want to implement that now? Don't implement that over here. up over here. Uh -uh. Don't implement the foolishness no. up if over here. If you want that over here, you take your ass back over there. Oh, build you a country that's over right. there that's and have all do. of that stuff. That's and right. then you tell the UN to come run back. That. But not over up there. In here. Not you over here. Running nothing up in here. All right, Ned. Mm -hmm. Good day to you, whichever time of the day you're listening. This is No Hostages Radio. My name is Lou Benninger. <clears throat> and uh, let me give you a few ways to connect with us since we're just getting started today. You can reach us at uh, my email if you ever want to have some input or suggest something about our show. You can reach me at Lou, L-O-U, at NoHostagesRadio.com. Lou at NoHostagesRadio.com. You can also text me on my phone, 530-713-1838, 530-713-1838. So we're on uh, weekly uh, at about, uh, usually pops up on Saturday mornings, if this is your first time to us. Not sure how you got over here, whether you just uh, heard about it and went to your uh, podcast source, or you learned about our uh, website, uh, which is nohostagesradio.com. And on that site, you can get uh, all the podcasts we've done from the beginning, 24 now. Uh, you can also look at some uh, weekly articles I write for the Territorial Dispatch. I write two a week. Uh, and, and those usually, uh, well, they're not just local uh, articles, although as a local paper here in Northern California, they the articles also have uh, interest nationally, some of them. And uh, certainly some of the problems we have here in Northern California or in California uh, will eventually percolate to the rest of the United States, unfortunately, unless people are vigilant and reject socialism. Uh, but we are in the midst of the, the folks, the conservatives that are left here and the libertarians that are left here are fighting against uh, a major uh socialist blitz in the state of California. We have in our legislature, both uh, houses of our legislature here are uh, controlled by two thirds Democrats. So basically they get whatever they want. And that is happening. Uh, if you ever wanted to look at what socialism in its, uh, uh, you know, if you're looking at a, a sprint car, uh, when it pulls off from the line, burning rubber, uh, if you ever want to see socialism at that stage where it isn't at its disastrous stage where we run out of money, that's where we are right now. Uh, and we we are taxing the populace in California every turn, every every move people make with their learning a, a way or studying a way that they can get some money out of us. 
And then they are spending it on absolutely insane things in this country, uh, in this state. They are releasing uh, felons. Uh, they are allowing felons to vote before they even get off parole. Uh, it is uh, there. We have transsexual uh, folks teaching children in school. We're actually teaching children that uh, deviant sexual behavior is normal, and they may uh, may not really be a boy, that, but they may be a girl, so hold that, just hold that thought. Uh, things that our forefathers, just back a generation or so ago, my grandparents, certainly my parents would be totally shocked. Uh, they were not church people, Christian people, that they, uh, I don't think they would be having me in the public schools. I went to the public school. Uh, certainly prayer has been taken out of the school. Now the Constitution has been removed from the school uh, very little is being taught it, unless there's special schools. Hillsdale College is in, there are a few colleges that are really uh, very astute on teaching the Constitution. Hillsdale College in Michigan is one. But local schools, it's sad. Uh, it, you would hope that, you know, we all hope that uh, kids will be smarter when um, than when we went to school. They would learn more. Uh, you know, we'd build upon what we knew. Unfortunately, it's, we're going backwards, and there's a dumbing down, and that's why socialism is able to convince so many of the young kids in school, because they have no idea where we came from. When you don't know where you came from, and you don't know what you're doing, and you don't know where you're headed, uh, you're lost, and that's what's going on. You remove the history. People have no idea how we got to where we got, uh, what kind of suffering took place, what kind of a repression and oppression took place and uh they'll they are easily deceived and uh so that's kind of the situation here so we're in northern california if you're new to this it seems like we're picking up a few new people all the time uh northern california is rural california we really have two states in one the north is very rural farming uh mountains uh mining um it's just a different lifestyle up here. Lots of land, not much population. Top 24 counties uh, in the state up up above Ca Sacramento. When you go down south, you start hitting big population centers all around the, the cities that, that comprise, you know, the Los Angeles or Orange County, San Diego County. Those are huge population centers that really control everything that's going on in the state. All the policies in the state are being dictated by the huge population centers uh, from which our representatives, a number of representatives, all determined by population in California, not by not by county representation versus population res representation like it is in the 50 states of the union. We have both. We have the House of Representatives federally that's based on population, and then the Senate is based upon re equal representation per state. We don't have that in California, so... In the North State, it doesn't matter what we want because we can all agree on it up here in the top 24 counties. There's 58 total counties in the state. The top 24 could all agree 100% with all our representatives being on board, go down to the state capitol, and one county could outvote us, and that would be Los Angeles County. So we are in a desperate situation in Northern California. We would love to leave California, not the United States. We love the United States, but we don't want to be a part of the rest of California. We don't, I don't hate Southern California people. They just have different uh, desires than I do, and lots of us up here, and they have different needs down there. When you're in an urban area, 
stack and pack gangs, gang violence, uh, homeless people stacked all over the place, needles, uh, manure, disease. Uh, they have different needs than we do, and uh, we have different needs than they do. So we would like a uh, peaceful dissolution uh, and move on with our lives. So that's that's a little if you're from out of state. I know some people listening over there from Missouri and uh, Idaho, Nevada, maybe Texas, uh, maybe some other spots. I don't know. But uh, if you're listening from over there and you're wondering what in the world? (laughs) Yep. What in the world? We're part of the world, but it's a pretty bizarre compared to the days when I was growing up here in the 1950s and 60s. So, uh, uh, we, again, we appreciate you listening. Uh, we are just a group of people that put this show together that uh, we're just putting putting our perspective out there, right? And if you don't like it, it's totally cool. We, we love you and all that stuff, but you don't have to listen to this show, obviously. But some people uh, that are re- very liberal want to listen and then get all upset and and. and I would advise against. It's not good for your health. You you probably don't need that much stress. So um, it's up to you. But you're welcome to listen. Uh, we're not uh, bashful about what we talk about or ashamed of what we believe. And so if you want to catch up with us, uh, ha- I hope you have a happy day. So I wanted to start off by uh, saying that I, a week or so ago, I talked about the incestuous connections between all of these people that have tried to overthrow our government, uh, the federal government, tried to overthrow the presidency of the United States without actually shooting them or or storming the White House with tanks. And those people, uh, whether it's Comey, Clapper, Brennan, uh, Page, Strzok, McCabe, on and on and on, those people have all been in the Clintons, Obamas. They've all been incestually interrelated for years and years and years, covering up uh, their misdeeds, their illegal activities, and they've been covering for one another because they're all attorneys, lawyers, and and that's such a thing. And so they've been doing wrong. And, uh, for instance, uh, Comey would not prosecute the Clinton Foundation. In fact, his brother actually worked for the Clinton Foundation. So the Clinton Foundation is one of the biggest foundations ever in the world. It got away basically with murder, I say that euphemistically, but nay, maybe not. Uh, but uh, you know, I've I've run uh, nonprofits that brought in only twenty, thirty thousand a year, and we got audited for God's sake, right? And they bring in hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars nefariously, and uh, they just walk away and don't even get a, ch- a check over, right? So, uh, so I talked about that uh, and and listed all the different people that. He's over here, his wife's over here, then she's over there, and then her brother's over here. And that was all involved in the taking down of the president of the United States. Do you think you'd think that people would be arrested for treason, right? Because that's what went on here. And so I want to talk today about a little start off by talking a little bit about California and the same type of incestuous relationship here. And so we have Gavin Newsom, who is Nancy Pelosi. She's the Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi's nephew is Gavin Newsom. Adam Schiff, who is uh, uh, he's on the uh, House of Representatives uh, committee that's been going after Trump. Remember, he's been after the Russian connection for the entire Trump uh, 
presidency, and he won't let it go. And he's from uh, Southern California. He is married to George Soros's, or his sister is married to George Soros's son. So Adam Schiff's sister is married to George Soros' son. And John Kerry's daughter is married to a mullah, mullah's son in Iran. Don't you think that's interesting? Uh, no law against those things. It's just an interesting connection. So let's look at some other stacked decks, uh, as I call it, uh, from around the world, around the United States that affect the world, affect us in California, affect us nationally. So when you look at the media and you think, you know, we now just call them the fake media, fake news. We now have people uh, like uh, ABC News executive producer Ian Cameron is married to Susan Rice. Uh, you remember Susan Rice? That was Obama's uh, former national security advisor. And actually, she uh, was the one who lied about the uh, Benghazi case, right, on TV. Susan Rice. CBS President David Rhodes is the brother of Ben Rhodes, Obama's deputy national security advisor for strategic communications. You remember that? CBS president. So there you have a media. So you have media people and they have connections inside the Obama White House. That's why they had such a love affair with the White House. ABC News correspondent Claire Shipman is married to former Obama White House press secretary Jay Carney. Remember Jay? kind of femme jay you know jay uh you know some of his favorite artwork in his house is all about communism interesting isn't it abc news and universe univision reporter matthew jaffe is married to katie hogan obama's former deputy press secretary abc president ben sherwood is the brother of obama's former special advisor elizabeth sherwood cnn president virginia mosley uh is is married to former Hillary Clinton's Deputy Secretary Tom Nidus, N-I-D-E-S. Just something to think about. Uh, so you wonder, uh, or you may not wonder, uh, why they're all so unified, why they actually use the same phrases and terms on the nightly news. They all are coordinated because they all are working together. So there's been a lot of discussion recently in the news. We have we have correspondents that were working undercover that that he, uh, if they had done something to uh, uncover something like Watergate uh, of the Republicans, they would have been heroes and and be able to make millions on that for the rest of their life. Uh, or if they were able to uncover some kind of a big sex trafficking thing, they would have probably have been heroes. Uh, these undercover journalists, but uh, today we we know we're now there's a trial going on where a couple of journalists are now being prosecuted for discovering that uh, Planned Parenthood and other organizations like them, abortionists, were selling baby parts, and not only did uh, it not stop, but the Attorney General of the state of California, Kamala Harris, and then her, uh, her successor, Attorney General Becerra, they are prosecuting uh, this, these two people, male and female. I'll give you their, I'll, I'll tell more about it later. They are prosecuting those folks for, um, they say they illegally recorded these conversations and videoed these uh people in public places without their permission and uh, they shouldn't have done that but all along since this started a couple of years ago this fight 
the government has never stepped in. The Republicans, nor the Democrats, nor the independents have stepped in to stop the selling of baby parts, even beating baby hearts. Isn't that interesting? Uh, so I wanted to read something that was written by uh, Father Carapi, C-O-R-A-P-I, from the Catholic Channel. I read this. I thought, how come I can't think at this level? I just My brain just doesn't operate in this level. But I want to read you something. It's uh, the story of, of twin babies in the womb. So here we go. I, I may have to take a break and if we don't get through it all and catch it over on the backside of the break. But in a mother's womb were two babies. One asked the other, do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why, of course. There has to be something after delivery. Maybe we are here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense, said the first. There is no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be anyway? The second said, well, I don't know, but... There will be more light than in here. Maybe we will walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. Maybe we will have other senses that we can't understand right now. The first replied, well, that's absurd. Walking is impossible. And eating with our mouths? Ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything we need. But the umbilical cord is so short. Life after delivery is to be logically excluded. The second insisted, well, I think there is something and maybe it's different than than it is here. There's got to be something different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there's life, then why has no one come back from from there now? Delivery is the end of life. And in the afterlife, there is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well... I don't know, said the second, but certainly we will meet mother and she will take care of us. The first replied, mother, you actually believe in a mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? The second said, well, she's all around us. We are surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not and could not even exist. Said the first, well, I don't see her, so it is only logical that she doesn't even exist. To which the second replied, sometimes when you're in silence and you focus and listen, you can perceive her presence and you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. Well, I thought that was such an insightful uh, analogy of babies in the womb comparing us to living on the earth and thinking we came from a monkey, which was what they taught me at Marysville High School. And I had to answer correctly to get myself passed out of that class. And then when I tried a little stint at college, at Cal State University of Sacramento, I took Anthropology 101, and they had all these fake skulls. They weren't even real skulls. They just made them up to look like successive generations of better looking guys. Uh, they told me I came from a monkey. And if I answered that correctly, I could pass their class. So I answered it just like they said. And out I went. Well, if you listen close enough, and you're really quiet, you may be able to pay attention and you might get some information. Someone once said, which I like, God is always talking, we're just not listening too closely. 
So we listen to all. I get concerned when I see everywhere I go, people with these little earbuds in their ears. And you you say, hi, how's it going? And they don't even look up. They don't even pay attention to you. They just look up and or they look aside and they missed you totally. I was thinking maybe that we just all are so busy listening and paying attention to other stuff. We missed the big event. So uh, glad you're listening today. We're going to our habit here is to do this in six segments and uh, we break them up by some informative clips. And I want to play this clip because it ties in with what I was just talking about. And it's Bernie Sanders wanting, thinking that we needed to abort uh, foreign born babies, brown babies all over the world, because otherwise the earth is going to crash because we can't support everybody. So somebody's going to have to decide somebody can't live. We'll be right back. So take a listen. And I'm just going to take a swig of water and I'm going to be right back with you after you listen to this. Thank you. hours left until the Democrats tell us the earth will be past the point of no return due to climate change. And yet we spend seven of those precious hours listening to pandering Democrat politicians who fly private jets, lecture us on CNN about banning plastic straws and demonizing red meat and aborting more brown babies. I warned you, I warned you months ago after the Democrats revealed their ridiculous Green New Deal that the next iteration of the climate change hysteria would be population control. And you know what? I was right. Bernie Sanders admitted last night he wants the government to force you to pay for abortions in foreign countries to curb the global population. Watch this. Educating everyone on the need to curb population growth seems a reasonable campaign to enact. Would you be courageous enough to discuss this issue and make it a key feature of a plan to address climate catastrophe? Well, Martha, the answer is yes. <laughs> and the answer has everything to do with the fact that women in the United States of America, by the way, have a right to control their own bodies and make reproductive decisions. And the Mexico City Agreement, which denies American aid to those organizations around the world, that, are, uh, that allow women to have abortions or even get involved uh, in birth control, to me, is totally absurd. So I think, especially in poor countries around the world, uh, where women do not necessarily want to have large numbers of babies, and where they can have the opportunity through birth control to control the number of kids they have, something I very, very strongly uh, support. You want to talk about racism? You want to talk about genocide? You want to talk about eugenics? Do you know what funding abortion to encourage population control means? Bernie Sanders wants to kill brown people in foreign countries to make up for his own giant carbon footprint, all in the name of climate change. But if we kill the next generation, who are we even saving the planet for? Imagine funding abortion so you don't feel guilty jetting down to communist countries in private jets. How is Bernie Sanders still in this race? And dear Lord, where does this end? First, you are forced to pay for abortions to kill brown people in foreign countries so they don't overpopulate the earth. Then what? 
When will we be forced by the government to have only one child ourselves? How long until Bernie Sanders endorses China's one-child policy that forces abortions on women who violate the one-child dictate? If climate change is truly going to end our Earth in 11 years, and population control is a critical way to save the Earth, critical enough that Bernie Sanders wants to force us to pay to kill brown people, then why wouldn't he mandate abortions for women who have more than one baby? If not, why not? See, here's the big secret most Democrats won't tell you. This is what the whole abortion movement is built on, eugenics. The founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was herself a eugenicist who wanted to use birth control and abortion to stop brown and black people from reproducing. She called undesirable people human weeds and didn't want the word to get out that her goal was to exterminate them. And Planned Parenthood, the largest abortion provider in our nation, to this day refuses to disavow their founder, Margaret Sanger, because Planned Parenthood is carrying on Sanger's legacy and targeting minority women in minority neighborhoods and aborting minority babies. What's more is Bernie Sanders is more to blame himself for carbon emissions than sweet, innocent babies in third world countries. Because 70% of carbon emissions come from the richest 20% of people in the world. And Mr. Three Houses Private Jets Bernie Sanders himself is one of those rich people. But his solution? Kill the brown babies. And that's my final point. Welcome back. Um, I was raised in California, and uh, I was raised in a town called Marysville, small town of 12,000 people. Uh, it's about built out now. It can't grow any farther. It's surrounded by levees to keep high water coming out of the river from getting over into it. So it's a small town, always was a small town. <clears throat> but uh, when I grew up, there was uh, uh, plenty of green grass everybody's lawn and houses were nice looking green lawns and then today if you drive through marysville most every lawn about over 90 percent of the lawns are brown the reason is is that a private water service called cal water took over and uh, and then they raised rates because they're paying their people very well and their their bosses at the very top make millions of dollars a year so they make very high rates uh, so we pay the highest rates of all the jurisdictions in the surrounding area. So um, I bring that up only to talk, not to talk about Cal Water so much, but to really talk about uh, how things change over time and how at one time things were much more reasonable and people could afford things and then things change. And so <clears throat> recently uh, the Marysville begin to charge people and we still haven't figured out how much they're going to charge for whatever but but even though um we raised taxes we raised a one percent added one percent sales tax onto the california state sales tax we added one percent that would all be kept locally and they said it was going to be for police and fire public safety and they really deceived people in the way they they uh pushed measure c but it passed, and uh, no one contested it, even though I th thought it was illegal. 
But they said it's for public safety. But now they are actually going to start, according to the city council, charging people when you call 911. They're going to charge you uh, if you need that service. How much they're going to charge is unclear. They, I, have, I asked them a couple of different times to provide us all a menu of like, well, if you need if you have if you need an ambulance or you need to fire rescue, come to the home or you have a car crash or you, you know, something happens. Uh, uh, you know, a tree falls on the roof. You know, there's things that happen, right? Uh, how much were they going to charge? So you can determine whether you want to call them or not, right? But we haven't got a menu. And so, uh, but once upon a time, for decades, for most of the history of Marysville, uh, it started about 1850, and we had a fire department early on. And they did not charge for a response. Taxes were supposedly taking care of that. But nowadays, the the administrators and the finance people and fire administrators say it just those taxes just don't go as far as they used to. So the question is, why not? And so the other day, I noticed that uh, in El Dorado County, which is a lot bigger county population-wise, uh, they have hundreds of thousands of people up there. We have just 75,000 or so in Yuba County. There's about twice that many over in Sutter County next to us. But El Dorado County, they put a special tax on the ballot, and it was a tax to raise money uh, for the uh, fire district, fire protection district up there. And they needed more money, according to the fire department, to put a third firefighter on four of six of their trucks that they have fire engines or fire trucks, one of the two. And um, so the the way they wanted to do it is instead of a sales tax, they wanted to add ninety four dollars per parcel owned. Every parcel in El Dorado County would pay an additional ninety four dollars, just a flat fee of ninety four dollars, didn't matter a little parcel or big parcel. And that would go uh, supposedly to the fire uh, fire district. And it was a, what they call a special election and a special tax. So they needed two-thirds vote to pass it, okay? So the, the Taxpayers Association said, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Um, it, um, actually, maybe it was 90. It says one place $94, one place 96. But you get the idea. So the, the president of the Taxpayers Association, Bill George, said, hey, we, we, we're supporting the firefighters. We want good fire protection. But we saw down in Sacramento that they passed uh, a, an increase in sales tax or something like that. And, and it was all going to go for um, improving the infrastructure or something like that. And then after they passed it, the, the mayor and the unions uh, tried to take that money and pay it all into pensions to pay down the pension debt. And he says, because of that, because we can't trust people, we, we want to make some adjustments in the measure. We want to have some input on the measure. First of all, we don't want a special election. We want to have it at the primary election in March where more people will be aware of it, have time to think it over, and then vote on it, number one. Number two, they wanted to have a sunset date on the measure so they could evaluate, hey, are, is this really worth it? Are you spending it properly, and is it going for what we intended? So, say, five or ten years down the road, you'd have to re-vote on it, sunset measure, right? Finally, they wanted a, an independent oversight committee, and they said, if you'll do these three things to make sure that the money's spent correctly, uh, all that kind of stuff, March primary, sunset date, independent committee. 
the this the uh, consultants, public relations consultants that were hired by the fire department to to promote this said no way. So the uh, Taxpayers Association would not support it. It was called Measure B. It just the election just happened last month. Measure B, and so instead of getting a two-thirds vote, which they needed, 66.66.66, about 67%, really. Instead of getting that, they only got 38%, and uh, so it went down to defeat. Now, I don't know what, what exactly motivated people to not vote. You know, sometimes things, just one thing will just set people off. But I was looking at the the salaries because I was talking about one time taxes used to cover all this. But I looked at the salaries for the El Dorado County Fire Department, fire district. So the chief gets, I, I'm just going to give you the round thousands, right? 283,000. The division chief under the the chief chief, the big chief, then you have a division chief of 229,000. Then you got another division chief of 221,000. Then you got a, a captain paramedic at 209,000. Then you have another captain, uh, no, firefighter paramedic, not a captain, but a firefighter paramedic of 209,000. Then you got another one, captain paramedic at 207,000. Then you have a captain paramedic of 201,000. Then you have a division chief, another division chief of 200,000 then you got a captain paramedic 195,000 another 194,000 194,000 185,000 180,000 171,000 168,000 167 so you have you have a huge number of people all making over $150,000 then you got a huger group if there's such a word as huger or more huge or gargantuan or humongous that are all making over $100,000 a year. Now, I love firefighters. I donated a lot of my life to, to helping firefighters, and, and I think they're great people. I met a lot of them, and I, it's hard to find one you don't like. They're nice people, and they're hard workers, and they're, they're serious about their job, and they're into public service. But how much should one—you know, in the private sector, I wrote an article about this in the paper— territorial dispatch and i said well how much are people worth well in the private sector uh you go and buy a product and if it's too expensive then that's your free speech you don't buy it you don't have to buy it you maybe go buy something else similar somewhere else or just skip it all together but that's your free speech and if enough enough people don't buy it then all of a sudden that that outfit goes broke or they have to reduce salaries or reduce the number of executives etc and it it's a self-leveling operation. But in the government, there is no self-leveling going on. The unions negotiate with the politicians. The politicians negotiate with the unions to get elected. And they give them pretty much each other what they want if everybody's happy with everybody getting more. I get more, more years elected. I get a retirement. I get a little salary being a something-something. And then the unions just get all the money they want. Now... So at some point, like I talked to a, a nice guy, he called me a while back, he, we emailed and then we talked and he's, he's up there in the Penn Valley fire protection area. And he said, Lou, the, the pay is so high in these, some of these other areas that we're losing a lot of good firefighters and they're going over there to take those jobs. Well, isn't that just how it works? So you can't go and hold a gun to people's head and say, you're not supposed to pay people almost a half a million dollars. Like if you look up on Transparent California and you look up under Los Angeles Fire Department, 
you're going to see people making almost a half a million dollars a year for doing CPR and firefighting. That's what you're going to find. So some people just want to make as much money as they can during their career may leave Penn Valley and go down there to Los Angeles and work, right? And make three or four times maybe as much as they can. So it's hard to keep people in these rural areas. So interesting how these salaries now are no longer sustainable by our normal tax system. So there's all these new taxes. There's a parcel tax and maybe there's another little a uh, surtax. I've heard of fire surtaxes. And then there's another, there's a 1% sales tax. It's all going to public state. There's all these extra, extra, extras because these guys and these ladies want more and more money and their unions are negotiating for more and more money. And so they, I noticed that when I was at Yuba city, they'll say, well, we need, we, we down there in Roseville, they're getting no, this. So they keep comparing themselves to the higher areas, Right. And then they say, well, you know, we're not, it's not fair. You're not being fair with us because they're getting $230,000 and we're only getting $205,000 for the, that same type of job. So what's happening is we just can't, we're getting to the place where we just can't afford uh, to do this at these rates, right? Because you can't go out in the, in the uh, private sector and earn this kind of money for like, for instance, they firefighters take a risk, don't they? But there are other professions that actually lose more people each year than firefighting. Did you know that? That doesn't mean it's, it's good for firefighters to get sick or die. That just means there's other dangerous types of work. And they don't make the kind of money these guys do. That's all I'm saying. It's just interesting. That's all. It's just an observation. That's all I'm saying. So uh, what's happening is we're just in California. We have this runaway uh, salary and pension uh train that is really damaging us as as a state and we can't afford it we just can't afford it so people are starting to leave so then there's another situation where howard jarvis taxpayers association that was created in i think 1970 i don't know 73 or 78 i don't have it at the top of my head uh anyway they that taxpayers association came out of a big fight when back in the day uh, when inflation was really affecting the property values in California, assessors would go out and somebody would get a great price on their house. And so the assessor would go out and then reassess the entire neighborhood and raise all everybody's values up and charge them more taxes, property taxes. So you could see your, your property taxes change by 50% or 100% over a couple of years. And it was running people out of their homes. So the uh, Paul Gann and Howard Jarvis got together and and they pulled off a revolution and it was called Proposition 13 and it changed that says you can't just run out and reappraise people's property like once they said we're going to appraise it we, we're going to set everybody's appraisal at 1976 level and then you can only change that appraisal one percent per year the value the market value and the only other way it can get changed is if the property sells and then the next person, the amount of their property value would be based upon what they just purchased it for, right? So they limited a couple things on how, how it would be, how the market value would be set and then how much it would be taxed. And so, for instance, my house, which right now I think I had about, 
I'm in Mary's. I've, I've been here for the same place for 1987, so I got a pretty pretty low rate. But the tax, I think, was just a less than a little bit less than a thousand dollars. But if without prop, property tax, property third, sorry, proposition thirteen, property tax uh, restriction. Without that, I'd be paying $6,100, according to the Howard Jarvis rate calculator. You can go calculate your own house if you're in California. You just go to hjta.org and look for the calculator. You just put in your the date you bought it and the um, and what the current market value your guess is, and it'll pump out what your taxes should be if you didn't have Prop 13 protection, okay? So recently, uh, there's another... An, also on prop 13 what what prop 13 did is it eliminated it what it said was if you if anybody wants to raise taxes in the state of california whether it's the legislature or the people if they vote on a referendum they have to vote on it um they have to get two-thirds vote right prop 13 said that then prop 218 was passed in 1996 13 went was passed in 78 218 and 96 to close some loopholes because don't you know politicians always look for loopholes to get around that and they they reemphasize the fact that it has to be a two-thirds vote of the public well recently there there were people contesting that issue and in the fresno superior court that they decided in favor of the howard jarvis taxpayers association um on september 5th they ruled that special taxes pros proposed by a voter initiative are not exempt from the state's constitution two-thirds vote requirement and what happened was there was a fresno measure p sales tax initiative on the november 218 ballot that proposed a three-eighths of a percent not a full percent three-eighths percent sales tax and uh it received 52 percent almost just like our measure Measure uh, K here got 53%, but their measure got 52% of the vote and was declared failed for lack of the two-thirds um, required by the constitutional amendments, right? So they got in a fight over it. People said, well, no, it should have passed. We That should be enough. But the judge said, no, 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 no. It's two-thirds. So so that's that. So now, in, in also in November 2018, we voted in Yuba County uh, because the the county supervisors uh, put an initiative called Measure K on the ballot, and the definition of the uh, the ordinance of the measure and all the advertising promoted it as a public safety tax, and then they added the term also essential services. And so, before the election even came to pass. Uh, what they said is it's a public safety tax and we're going to set the money aside in a special fund and we're going to have oversight committees and all that kind of stuff, which is fine. But they said it's only going to need a 50 percent plus one vote to pass, just like Major P down in Fresno. So people that oppose the tax, including myself, we said the way you're pitching this, you're pitching it as a special tax which needs two-thirds but you're you're wanting your cake and eat it too so why don't you just either ask for a two-thirds vote or just say we're going to just spend the money for it's going to go into general fund and we just need more money and we're going to spend it for all kinds of stuff pensions health 
the health department, whatever, repairing the library, whatever, and just and just ask for a general fund increase, which would be just 50 percent plus one. They said, no, we're doing it right and we don't need your input. So Howard Jarvis got interested. Howard Jarvis um, is it it isn't my opinion. Howard Jarvis is the friend of the people of the taxpayers of the state of California. They have saved the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association, HJTA.org, has saved taxpayers millions and millions and millions of dollars and protected uh, people <clears throat> from stealing their their money by passing taxes without a two thirds vote. So Howard Jarvis wrote the Board of Supervisors a letter <clears throat> saying and warning them, listen. The way this is written, it's incorrect. It needs to be written one way or the other. Either say it's a general fund ballot initiative and ask for 50% plus one, or if you want to say it's just for public safety, then ask for the two-thirds. The supervisors, well, let, let me just make this clear. <clears throat> In our type of government, the supervisors are supposed to be making decisions for the county, but they have it all asked backwards here. <clears throat> The supervisors take orders from the county <clears throat> administrator. In this case, it's Robert Bendorf. And they, he gives them the marching orders, and then they go out and vote on it. They do not run him. They're, he's supposed to be working for them, and all of them are supposed to be working for us. Now, that's the way these local counties are supposed to be operating. It's the same way in the city council. The city council should be the representatives of the people making decisions, and if if the city administrator has got a bean up her nose or his nose, they just need to remove the bean and move on or get fired. They should not be running the city council and trying to bully or buffalo the city council. But that's a way it's been doing because city councils and supervisors either are too stupid or they don't do their darn homework. <clears throat> now I'll talk about the, the local city council here in Marysville a little bit on things where I had a, one of the city council members made a comment about me the other day about something I wrote or talked about on, on the podcast that I didn't know the rest of the story. Well, actually, I knew more of the story than she does, but she doesn't know what she's talking about. And she just she's just doing what the city administrator wants, which is a problem when you become too damn chummy with the city administrator or the county council and your buddies. And you don't have the backbone to say, I'm not going to do that. I did my own research. Now, it, it's interesting that on the prop measure K in Yuba County, increased taxes by 1% sales taxes. <clears throat> I'll bet you that when that, uh, I'll bet you, uh, well, let me just say this. I, I would love to hear from any of the five supervisors on this. My hunch is that when Howard Jarvis sent that letter, they took orders from Robert Bendorf. And not one of them contacted the author of that letter, who I believe was an, was an attorney for Howard Jarvis. And not one of them called down there to say, can you educate me on this? Because I don't know Jack Diddley about this. And I don't want to make a bad decision because I'm a representative of the people. And we're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of tax dollars, by the way, illegally. 
but we're spending a lot of this money and I don't want this thing to go sideways. Do you think, do you think all, all you, you, county people listening to this, do you think one supervisor took their own initiative? You know, when you get those packets, I've served on a board before on an education board. When you get those packets in the mail, if you have a question, you better get on the phone and figure out the answer. Instead of going in there and sleeping through the deal and just taking the staff's initiative. I had a city council person said, well, I'm just going to do what the staff wants to do. Hey, if we're just going to do what the staff wants to do, we don't need supervisors and city council. Just let the, we'll just hire staff and we don't even need any representatives. But what's going on here, do you think that the, the supervisors went out and educated themselves on the constitutionality of taking money? out of uh, the taxpayers' funds that should be going to roads and sewers and all that and spending it on trying to convince us to give them more tax dollars? You think any of them looked at the Constitution, talked to an attorney, checked it all out to, to be able to have an educated point of view? Or they just li- they just listened to a bunch of public relations people and the county administrator tell them a bunch of crap. That's what they got is a big old load of manure right across their dais, as they say. They, call it, they don't call it a... Uh, a desk, they call it a fancy name like dais. Well, good for them. They can't see over the top of the manure over there is a the problem. They're so hoodwinked, and, and they hire all these people from out of town, come in here and spend hundreds of thousands of dollars for consultants that tell them what they want to hear, and we can buffalo the people, screw the people, and get your tax money, right? So in in Fresno, they said, no, you're not going to be able to do that here. So Howard Jarvis wanted to, uh, won the motion, uh, won the court case. Now, I'm, I'm run over on my time, so I'm going to tell you what we're going to do here, and I'm going to take a swig of water. I, I'm starting to play these clips from the American View. That's Jake McCauley and his boys, and they, they are specialists on the Constitution. If you didn't get t- caught, taught about the Constitution you need to go on uh, the Institute on the Constitution or the American View and hook up them with the Macaulay's. He said they have an online Constitution course right now for free. So this is uh, Jake Macaulay. He's doing a little editorial on what was missing at the Ladies World Cup. Pretty good stuff. Check it out. Ooh, I ain't no big name. Lord, I ain't no big star. I play the blues for you on my guitar. I didn't watch much of the Women's World Cup this past weekend. I sure was happy, along with most of you, to hear that America emerged victorious. Unlike other victorious World Cup teams across the world, there was no mention of thanks to God or Jesus from the American players. I believe this is symptomatic of the emerging citizenry of America. Tragically, the outward proclamation of our belief, reliance, and thankfulness to our Creator is becoming less and less prominent, while an increased deification of man, willpower, and self has become the rule. This has created an outright rejection of God-given rights, which has been replaced with rights we as humans create for ourselves. Let me explain the senselessness of this ancient religion of self using the World Cup as an example. Imagine just before kickoff, a new rule was introduced. According to this new rule of play, the U.S. could actually never have possession of the ball. 
Every time they either kicked off or received or recovered a ball, intercepted a pass, play would stop immediately and possession of the ball would be returned to the other team. In this scenario, you couldn't possibly win because you need the ball to score. In the same way, if we try to argue for our rights to life, liberty, or pursuit of happiness without acknowledging that our origin is a divine one, we are trying to score without a ball. It's impossible to make a case for your individual rights without first, as our founders did in the Declaration of Independence, acknowledge the existence of a Creator God, who is the author of those rights. If we don't start with Christ as the Creator and the author of rights, we have no rational or logical basis for asking others to respect them. Trying to argue for your rights without a supreme right giver is like trying to score without the ball. Game over. Dr. Benjamin Rush was considered by John Adams to be one of America's three most notable founding fathers. He declared, it is only necessary for republicanism to ally itself to Christian religion to overturn all the corrupted political and religious institutions of the world. I believe every American woman on that World Cup field deserves the highest respect and praise for their amazing achievements and the great victory they have won for America. However, I am grieved that not one of them could acknowledge the self-evident truth understood by Americans since our founding. The God of the universe and his providential hand through many of his disciples set the stage for a free market society where sports and entertainment can thrive. This is just another reason we should all be grateful to Jesus Christ and his gracious love toward us. My prayer is that before the tremendous opportunity to win the next year's title, our unified belief in this eternal truth will be made apparent to the world. This would be right. This would be American. This is Jake McCauley with the Institute on the Constitution bringing you The American View. So we're talking about uh, the the uh, cities, counties, and the state. Uh, it's just a constant barrage every election now, and even on special elections like they just did up in El Dorado, where they have to – they don't even get the, uh, the cost effectiveness or the econ- economy of scale as adding your ballot initiative to 20 or 30 or 40 other items because it's election time. They have to print all special ballots. They just have one item on the ballot, huge, maybe cost them fifty or $100,000 to put that out, right? They couldn't wait. So people said, we, we can't wait either. We're voting 38, 38% of them voted for it, and it went down in defeat no matter what kind of law you think you're pushing. So anyway, the, the Board of Supervisors, I believe what happened is they, they're not very smart. I think I think all those five supervisors are fairly smart when they're they're using their own money. And they're very stingy when they use their own money. They're squinchy. They're careful to get good value for their money. But when they're told by a county administrator that they can actually get around the law, the two thirds law, by the way they frame it in the small print, they just bought into it. They bought into this bait and switch deal. And a couple of the supervisors actually, they should have just kept their mouth shut or voted against it. But they said, well, we just want to let the people decide to hell with that. 
You don't let the people decide if it's a heads I win, tails you lose proposition. So when you pitch it and deceive people and say it's a public safety fund, and it's not a public safety fund because it's the money is not dedicated to public safety. Though you told people that. You lied to the people and told them, well, we just want you to decide, but we're going to lie to you about how it's all going to go down. So a lot of the people, most of the people thought this is for public safety only. But they knew, the supervisors and all the people running Yuba County, they knew there was no question about it, that that money could be spent for go out and just buy uh, candy with it. They could buy new curtains. They could repaint the courthouse. They could they could plant a tree. They, they, it could be spent for anything. It could all go to pensions because they can't keep up with their pension payments. They got to borrow money to pay their pension payments. It could be go for anything, but they knew that. And yet they pitched it as a special fund. They knew it. So recently after Howard Jarvis and many people warned them, of course they don't want, they're not going to pay attention to the general public uh, because they don't, they don't think they're very smart. And, uh, but they, they think they're really smart, but they really didn't do their homework. If they did, then they're criminals because then they really knew how wrong they were to do this. And then they had Howard Jarvis, who, by the way, has has been a huge help to all the people in all the 58 counties of California stay in their homes and businessmen keep their businesses. They disrespected the uh, they just said thanks, but no thanks to the Howard Jarvis people. They knew it ahead of time. They could have made an adjustment, but they didn't. And so opponents, I don't think they were expecting this, but opponents of Major K got a law firm to represent them, which is one of the premier law firms in the state of California uh, dealing with elections. And they uh, they filed a lawsuit and uh, Judge Stephen Barrier, B-E-R-R-I-E-R, uh, who was also the same judge who heard the, the conflict over the Magnolia Ranch subdivision that was crammed through as well, and people protested and uh, to stop it. And uh, he was also the one in, in that issue. But Judge Barrier uh, made a decision this last week to uh, invalidate the measure. Now, since the measure passed by 53%. And then the debate was on whether it really passed legitimately or not, because we say it needed 67%. Uh, the tax then began uh, as of April of 2019, and it's been accumulating. The money's been being taxed and set aside in a fund without the Yuba County government being able to spend it. Now, the government's already taken... I think two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars of our tax dollars illegally violating the Constitution. It's actually a free speech violation. It's a First Amendment right violation because speech is more than your talk. Speech is also how you spend your money. So when you spend a dollar, it's like you speaking positively about a business. If you go to McDonald's versus Taco Bell. You're speaking positively without saying anything negative about Taco Bell. You're speaking positively about 
McDonald's and you're passing on Taco Bell. So you're voting every time you spend a dollar. And the Constitution of, United, uh, the Constitution of California said you cannot take tax dollars and go out and lobby the citizens to give you more tax dollars. That's a violation of their free speech. Because they're not, they're not okaying that expenditure. And that's not what the money is for. But our, our government in Yuba County did just that, that. They're not the first to do that. But that's what's going on. Some people filed a Freedom of Information Act at the beginning of the campaign. They're supposed to respond in 10 days, but the government just does. It has all these laws, thousands of laws, and it just picks and chooses like a buffet what they want to obey. So they didn't want to obey Prop 18 or Prop 218 or Prop 13, or they didn't want to obey the Freedom of Information Act. So it took them months to respond how much they had spent at that time of our tax dollars. So we haven't really even asked them for how much they spent up to this point. So all the money... All the signs, all the robocalls, all the um, literature, pamphlet after pamphlet after pamphlet coming to the door, all the uh, hiring people from out of town. They hired all these out of town people, uh, the Lou Edwards group and state people out of town. Then Robert Bendorf, you know, gave a quote to the appeal Democrat. Well, all these out of town people, you know, what are these out of town? Robert Bendor specializes in hiring consultants. I often wonder how come we're paying people almost 300,000 and almost $200,000 a year when they can't even help. They don't have enough intelligence to make decisions on their own. They have to hire a consultant. And we then we got to go out and pay them when, how much smarts do we need to find and how much money we're going to have to pay for it? Well, we don't keep having to hire all these specialists all the time. Well, anyway, uh, so the Stephen Barrier said the way that the ordinance was written was bad. By the way, the, the county council that wrote that, she quit. And they said, oh, well, she didn't quit because this Measure K. She, she decided, even though she just got the job, that all of a sudden she's more concerned about her family. Well, good for her. Hope it all works out for her. But she wrote a, a, a flawed ordinance. They, they promoted this like a public safety deal. It's very blatant. We still have all the photos. We have sheriff badges on signs. We have flames on signs depicting fires. We, have, we had the public safety road show that they met all over the place. We didn't have the library in there. We didn't have public works there. We didn't have health and human services there. We had all kinds of law enforcement there, fire there. The district attorney, by the way, the district attorney is supposed to prosecute violations of these kind of uh, laws. Now, how can they keep an, a bias, an unbiased perspective when they're out pushing this tax illegally? It's humble, illegal tax pushing this tax. So uh, so now the uh, they have collected one point two, one point three, one point four million. And it's sitting in an account. So I, I'm sure everybody's wondering what's going to happen to that money, because now the supervisors the other on Tuesday, they had uh, before they knew that the ruling was coming down, they agendized discussing this tax in case something happened and they need to make a decision on whether to appeal or not. Now, the interesting thing is this, and and uh, 
I, I'm not this smart, so I had to get educated on this. You know, there's a Brown Act thing where if there's a salary thing, you're thinking about firing somebody or you're getting we're getting sued. They take that into closed session because they it's a legal matter and they have to it it's it's sensitive. Right. And it's confidential. Some of it. So they have to discuss it in closed session. Then when they come out of closed session after uh, the Brown Act allows them to go in because the board meetings are supposed to be transparent so that people can hear the people's it's the people's business so the people can go hear the people's business and they can stand up and say they can give their perspective but on things like lawsuits and and personnel issues they have to go into closed session because because okay you got that so the interesting thing is uh once they heard that judge berry had ruled against uh, measure k they already had it on the on the on the agenda to discuss it but the interesting thing why wouldn't they discuss it in open session why did they have to go into closed session it's already been public there's been article after article after article they they have run around the county and publicized and spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in publicity they've done talks at schools at at, at uh event centers at different uh event fairs all kinds of stuff they've had booths they've had all kinds of stuff so now when they have to discuss whether we're going to appeal it or not, it's not confidential. What's, what's so confidential about that? Instead of discussing it in the open where people could, and, and given people enough notice, where people could come and debate them and argue like, hey, don't waste any more of our money. You're going to lose. Or why did you do this? Or take them to task. They hit out. So they, they uh, preempted Anybody coming to the board of supervisors meeting to argue with them and they just hit out like like people that committed a crime and and voted and debated and voted instead of doing it. The people it's the people's business. They spent the people's money. Not one of those supervisors or Robert Bendorf put up their own money to hire all these people. Do you know that they used our money? Then they hide out and they will not have an honest discussion. Why? Because they're dishonest. Oh, if they're, if they're not, if they're, I can hear them now. Oh, you're calling me a liar. What I'm calling you is what you are. Why don't you come out and sit in front of everybody and discuss it and debate it like you're supposed to. And then let people stand up and have their two cents worth. That's what our, that's what our country is based upon. Not hiding out like a bunch of weasels. And then, then doing a news release and taking pot shots at people because you lost and you got, you got sore feelings, sour grapes, right? So now, uh, now what's going to happen is more of our taxpayers' money is going to be spent, uh, wasted on this, on this tax. And all the while, the tax continues to be collected at every point in our county. Or if you go buy a car in any county or any state in the union, or you buy one in another country and bring it in, you're going to pay tax, and it's going to go to our county, Yuba County. Now, what becomes of that money? Some people can uh, possibly get a refund. They say if, they're, if they have a big enough purchase. But most of that money will never be refunded because nobody is going to rep, uh, apply for it, and there's probably going to be limits on on small amounts, you know who gets that money? The county still gets that money, even though the tax was illegal from the very start. We said it was illegal from the very start. 
And then Judge Barrier said it was illegal. And still after he said it was illegal, they're still collecting the tax. And who knows when it's going to go to an appeals court? Is it going to go in one month, five months, six months, one year? And all that money that's collected, they're just, so what if they appeal it a second time? What if they appeal it a third time? In other words, working their way up to the California Supreme Court and see if they'll hear it. So it, it's just an amazing, uh, dishonest system. You would think that if there was a challenge to the tax, that they would have not collected the tax in the first place, right? Now, I'll tell you, this is, here, here's, my, here's my argument. There's been propositions that went on the ballot, like, for instance, propositions regarding uh, abortion. Uh, in the event of abortion, should parents be notified before you abort the child of a minor? Right? That passed in the state of California. But it never did go into effect. Why? Because they... They appealed it on the constitutionality of the ruling, and the Supreme Court of the state of California said it's not constitutional, right? So then there was a couple elections where we decided there, there was a lack of clarity on what marriage really was. So we had a vote a couple different times on the definition of the institution of marriage being between a man and a woman, not a man and a horse or a man and a rabbit or a man and a man or a woman and a, and a woman. So both of those never, never went into, uh, went into play, never were, uh, went into force because they got stopped because they filed a lawsuit against them. It happens all the time. Lawsuit stops the effect of the, what the people of the state of California voted and then the judges, activist judges and put the kibosh on it. Now it's interesting now on this tax thing, that the way these tax uh, uh, measures are being interpreted is that even uh, if you file a lawsuit before the tax has been assessed on the people, it's going to be assessed until the appeal, all the appeal uh, fighting gets done. It's a total ripoff because Yuba County is going to profit from this criminal act. It's why do I say it's criminal? I say it's criminal because it was totally, totally deceptive from the very beginning. Everybody involved in this from the public relations people right up to Robert Bendorf and right down to the supervisors is deceived the public. I consider that criminal. They may never go to jail. For instance, Jim Comey, uh, James Clapper, uh, Brennan, Strzok, McCabe, all those people. I doubt any of them going to go to jail. But do you, is there any question they're criminals? They lied. They cheated. Uh, they distorted the facts. They tried to take down the president of the United States. What worse is that? You think they'll go to jail? No, they ain't going to go to jail. It's still criminal what they did. Same thing happened here in Yuba County. What happened here is is a criminal effort, and they broke the law. I mean, even in fact, I like Wendell Anderson. I think he's a good sheriff. But the fact that Wendell Anderson was the head of a committee, a campaign committee, is a violation of the uh, federal, uh, the, the FPPC Act, Fair Political Practices Commission Act. It's a violation. I don't think he did it intentionally. It's just a violation. We didn't make a big deal out of it, but it, it was wrong. And so then it, the county turned around and said, well, after this, uh, this whole campaign got started, we didn't have anything to do with the campaign. 
but yet they had the sheriff of the entire county was the head of their committee. It just it's a screwy thing. It's just a sad thing because there's I I have a great respect for the sheriff. But this thing, and this is why I say if this was a Robert Bindorf gig, shame on the, the supervisors because uh, I thought they had backbones. I thought they had a set of Spaldings over there. But they sure weren't weren't running the show. Either either they were ignorant or they they were deceptive themselves to put that on the ballot and to have the gall to say we put it on the ballot to let the people decide. You don't people do not when you don't have all the information or you're being deceived, you do not have you don't have the you don't have the ability to make a good decision. That's how people get ripped off. That's how people get defrauded, extorted from, exploited. That's the definition of exploitation. When you deceive people, you tell them a partial truth, and then you take advantage of them. You take advantage of them. So it's a bummer. It's a bummer, and that's that's what's going on. Now, they're going to appeal it, and uh, we'll see what's going to happen here. But my hunch is, is that the judge, whether it's in Sacramento or wherever it's going to be, the judge will uh, likely side with the law. In fact, our feeling was if Judge Barrier uh, didn't find any problem with Major K, that a Sacramento judge would would more likely side with the law because he's really got no connection up here. And the fact is, people are influenced by their peers in a small town. They are. But I think Judge Barrier did the right thing. And uh, not just because it's on. Normally, most things I, I get involved in, I lose. Even though I believe I stood for what was right, I lose. But in this case, I thought, you know, the law is on my side here. There isn't any wiggle room here. There, it, people voted two different times. And what's happening is, is these big uh, public relations houses like the Lou Edwards Group are become specialists at manipulation, deceiving and taking advantage of the populace to get more money for government. And that's why they're making millions and millions and millions of dollars. It, they're not getting money from the supervisor's pockets and, and the, calif- the uh, county administrators and city managers. They're getting money uh, from taxes. That, that we gave out of our hard-earned money. It's a total thief. Thievery is what it is. All right. Uh, we're going to listen to a clip, uh, a couple clips, and uh, then we'll be right back, and uh, we're going to end up do, entering the second half of our show. We're gonna take these funds for the old town road. We're gonna buy a ton of black asphalt. We're gonna take these funds for the old town road. We're gonna pave and also fix potholes. Or we could take these funds for the old town road and maybe 
build a brand new stadium. Sir, it's our entire job to fix the old town road. We must ensure that... Is he even listening? I'm thinking no. This is so exciting. Look, the roof is shining. So touched by this project. I named it Joe Biden. Sir, this is dismaying. Taxpayers are paying. Ha. Studies show these never la, la, create la, la, economic can't growth. Hear what you're saying. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell him nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell him nothing. Roads are all unstable, should fix them if we're able. How broken are we talking? Think month old iPhone cable. We should not be subsidizing a billion dollar guy that will subsequently leverage Look, moving. Our mascot has a trident. Uh, can nobody tell me nothing? You can't tell him nothing. Can nobody tell me nothing? You can't tell him nothing. Neighborhoods complaining, eminent domain it, toll road, gas tax, let's call it a day. That's then. not a solution. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell him nothing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. You can't tell him nothing. Senator Mitch McConnell blocked a bipartisan effort to make our elections more secure. While the Mueller report stressed the severity of Russian election interference, McConnell cashed in campaign contributions from voting machine lobbyists before blocking the bills. Voting machine companies worry that heightened security measures could affect their profits. Making our elections secure should be a top priority for all members of Congress. Democratic presidential candidate Tulsi Gabbard is suing Google for allegedly infringing on her free speech. After the first round of debates, Gabbard was the most searched candidate on Google. The next day, Google suspended her Google Ads account. The campaign wanted to capitalize on momentum from the debates by placing ads that would appear when Gabbard's name was searched. To this day, Google has not provided a straight answer, let alone a credible one as to why Tulsi's political speech was silenced when millions of people wanted to hear from her, the lawsuit says. The Trump administration wants to import cheaper drugs from places like Canada, after high drug prices have sparked bipartisan outrage throughout the country. The plan is still in a preliminary stage, but it's the first time the federal government has made a move to import prescription drugs from other countries. Over 70% of Americans support importing drugs to make them more affordable. But Congress has failed to act. Many blame big farmers undue influence for high prescription drug costs. So before we get started, uh, let me uh, just mention Elite Universal Security, which one of our sponsors keeps us on the air, and uh, they are operating all the way up and down Northern California. They're at 5548 Feather River Boulevard. You can reach them at 530-749-0280, and uh, 
they are taking the place of what law enforcement used to do. All our protection used to come from law enforcement. Now people are camped out everywhere. They come on your property. They use a property for a bathroom. They vandalize. They tag your property. So Elite Universal Security can solve that. Uh, you can uh, reach them at 530-749-0280. They want people. They're hiring people all the way up down Northern California, all the way up into the North, uh, South Oregon area. And... Uh, so you can get help from them if you need it, and they will uh, help you get on board and, and stay safe and keep your stuff your stuff instead of seeing your stuff go down the street on the back of a bicycle. So uh, give, give them a shout, and they will help you out. Also, if you want to go to work for them, they will help you. You think, oh, I need a job, but I don't know anything about that, and they will train you to be an armed guard or an unarmed guard either way. And they will prepare you. They do their classes there at the uh, office, or you can do some classes online at api-academy.com. You can look at some of the classes they have in their schedule. You can also get uh, your con uh, concealed weapon permit with them. And at the end of September, September 28th and 29th, they're doing their classroom and their range, uh, their range training. Uh, you can also recertify with them. You can also get, uh, if you need to get a live scan for any reason, they can do that every day of the week. And also they have a mobile notary. So we want to thank them. We also want to thank uh, Dave Green. It's construction. That's green with an ETZ. I always say they're the best remodelers in the community. They don't really do so much building new homes as just going in there and making uh, a a home that's been around for years. And sometimes those, like my home is built much better. My home is built in 37, built much better than what the homes are today. But um, I always say even some of their before shots of their kitchens and baths and entryways, I think, boy, that's nicer than what I got right now. But man, when they finish, I said, you know, I tell people that sometimes you can't get people to get out of the bathroom, you know, when you live in a family. And, um, Sometimes we need to put a timer on the door. We'll just spring the door open once the thing is up. But uh, people get in those bathrooms after Dave Granitz and his people get done with them, and they think, oh, I like to just hang out in here. It's nice in here. So uh, give Dave a call. You can go to his website at greenitzconstruction.com, or you can go to Dave Greenitz Construction Facebook page. You can see the before and after and uh, of these amazing projects these guys have been working on. And then if you just want to shoot them an email off those spots, you can. And, uh, you know, if, if some people nowadays, these millennials and, and even younger, don't know how to talk to people. So they like to just text, even though if they're texting across the room, they don't, instead of just having a conversation, conversation is strange to a lot of these new people. So if you want to start out that way with just like nibbling around the edges of like conversing, you can shoot them an email and then you can uh, get into get into connecting with them uh a little bit later so let me look i'll give you dave's phone number and if you want to just dial him up if you're really bold uh he will he will hook up with you and his number is 530-682-9602 it's 530-682-9602 and uh the, the other thing about these guys is they're really great to deal with. You can count on them. You can get them on the phone all the time. 
And when they say they'll do something, they actually follow through and do it. And they show up when they say they're going to show up. So how about that? That's a pretty good deal. Well, we've been talking about the uh, the governments up and down California just cleaning house, working around the law, under the law, over the law, loopholes in the law. And it takes everything that the hardworking taxpayers of California, it takes everything they can to do to raise their kids, keep them off drugs, keep them from being molested, keeping their rent paid, and then trying to keep the government from stealing them blind, right? And so we have to not only pass laws one time, but two times and three times just to tidy things up and keep them from, like, undermining, because they take our tax dollars and hire attorneys to undermine the very law that we designed to keep them out of our business and set a certain way, like... This thing is supposed to be of the people, by the people, for the people. And so we say we don't want taxes changed unless we all decide two-thirds of us or more. And then they say, well, screw that. We're going to do it our way. And we're going to beat you in court with your own money. We're going to take your money. You're going to spend your money. We're going to spend your money. And we're going to screw you. That's what we're going to do. And that's what they're up to. So here's the deal. We, the Judge Steve Barrier ruled uh, that the Measure K was an illegal tax. It should have had two-thirds. It only got 53. Two-thirds for you that just graduated from some of the new math is 66.6%. They should have got that. Instead, they got 53. They were short 13%. Hold that thought. And they deceived people to get that many. I don't think if they told the truth, they would even get that many. But they deceived and they manipulated. I've already had people say, if I knew what I knew now, I would not. I wouldn't. I w- if, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have voted for it. Sorry, Lou. They apologize. Sorry, Lou. Sorry I did that. So that's just the way that is. Um, all right. So here's, here's something you can do. You think, oh, well, that's great. I'm really happy about that. I'm not happy about them taking my taxes. Here's, here's what you can do. Because they're taking your taxes so if you're buying anything in Yuba County or you're buying a car anywhere in the world, your taxes are going to go to Yuba County. You're getting stung by an illegal tax, and nobody's doing anything about that. But one thing you can do is you could protest, and you could write the Board of Supervisors and tell them what you think. And you can uh, you could call the Board of Supervisors and tell them what you think. Now, you can go on in Facebook. You could go on No on Measure K. And they tell me that on that Facebook site, they're going to post the addresses and phone numbers where you can get a hold of the Board of Supervisors. Because, listen, even though Robert Bendorf is a county administrator, you don't have anything to do with firing him. He he didn't hire him and you don't fire him. But you hire and fire your representatives. You have five of them on that board and they have taken you to the cleaners. And you have an opportunity to say, because they didn't give you an opportunity uh, this past Tuesday to come in there and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want you to appeal this. They didn't even ask your opinion. What these people are acting like is rulers over you. They are not acting as your servants. If they were, they would say, hey, 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 we, we lost this. We're thinking about appealing it. What do you think? Come and talk to us at the Board of Supervisors meeting, all out in the open and before God and everything, all honest and straight up. 
No, no, no. What they did is they said, listen, we're embarrassed. We got our egos bashed. We got hurt feelings. We got egg on our face. Now we're going to we're going to take another hundred thousand dollars and we're going to fight this in an appeal and we're going to go and we're going to discuss it and vote on it without you even knowing about it. They shouldn't have done that. They didn't have the balls to come out in front and discuss it in front of everybody because they they got to be deceptive. That's deception. People meet behind your back. Then they make a decision, take you to the cleaners. That's exactly they're they're meeting secretively to spend your money against you. That's exactly what's going on here. They're ripping you off meeting deceptively, secretly to spend your money to deceive you. They're spending your tax money that's already in their coffers. And then they have other money that's coming, that's being held, that's being illegally taxed. You're being illegally taxed. That's being held. And when this thing gets settled, even if they lose, completely lose, no appeals left. If they lose, 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 they still get to keep that money. Is that unbelievable or what? If that isn't a bad, screwed up system. But what we have is a government that hasn't been held accountable for a lot of time, a lot of years. And it's been run by Democrats who are criminals. That's just the way that is. So you can write, you can, I mean, it'd be good if you had time to just go down and pick it in front of the uh, government center at the base of the 10th Street Bridge, right in front of uh, the main offices in the south side of that building, the government center at 9th and I Street in Marysville, right at the base of the 10th Street Bridge. Go down there and pick at those people. Uh, Write them letters. Uh, go on, go on Facebook site, write about it. There's, there's community Facebook sites representing different aspects of this community. Go on there and write about it and talk about it and debate it. And, and, you know, we have two supervisors that are running for office right now, by the way, Gary Bradford has been the most outspoken supervisor of the bunch. And he has been so full of baloney. Uh, he, he has been the big, he's been the deceiver in chief out there in in uh he represents plumas lake in the wheatland area some of these supervisors kept their mouth shut they don't want to get their nose broke but but bradford has been he's been like the big dog like he's going to make this happen out there so if you don't like what the way this thing's gone down you can you can one thing you can do about it is eliminate mr bradford and start with somebody that maybe has some more credibility and some more integrity. So that's that's that. Uh, so that's something you can do. It's not too much. You don't. It doesn't going to take any effort. Write a letter. You can write a letter to the newspaper. Now the the Appeal Democrat is totally biased because they're counting on the the county of Yuba to keep them afloat over there. They're about to go out of business, and they're struggling. So they need that county money to pay for their ads, which are the mo- you know, 30, 40 percent higher than their competitor newspaper, the weekly over here at the territorial, write a letter, send, write a letter to the editor, send it to both newspapers, to the appeal Democrat and to the territorial dispatch. And, um, you can, they'll run it for you. Um, I don't know about the appeal, but I'm, I'm I know the uh, territorial dispatch, uh, tries to run all the letters that it can in the, in the space that they have. Because they, they think that's in a, that they think letters to the editor, no matter whether they agree with them or not, are an important part of the newspaper. So let your voice be heard. I would call your your senator or your congressman or your uh, your state senator, or your assemblyman, 
and complain about how this is a ripoff, how the way this law is, is written, where the taxes can actually be taken from us when it's, it's actually not been passed properly. And yet the county's going to end up keeping the money. It's, it's a total ripoff. So, um, all right. Let's, uh, let's move on. So uh, I wanted to talk to you about the city of Marysville. The city of Marysville continually makes bad choices. We're struggling financially because of the uh, problems where the city council some years ago, uh, not the current city council, but this, this us city council, a group of five individuals, chose to invest uh, money that they borrowed um, and, and they, uh, against the general fund of the city of Marysville. They borrowed money, and then they borrowed more money, and they indebted the city of Marysville $17 million for a piece of property that's worth less than $2 million along Ellis Lake. Now, people say, Lou, you're always, you're always focused on, on a negative. You're always focused on uh, something that happened before. Well, you need—where we are today is because of where we were before, what happened before. And most people don't get how did we get so screwed up. How this? How are we so broke? How come— the streets, you almost break your leg walking o- over some streets because of the big cracks in the streets. How come the trees are all dying? How come there's no watering of the parks? How come, how come, how come? Well, the reason how come is that we got six hundred dollars or $40,000 a year being spent um, on interest on a piece of property. We got five acres of property over there across the street from Ellis Lake that we're spending $17 million. It's worth 1.2, right? That's like going out, buying a pair of pants that should, you should buy for $20 or $30 and spending a million dollars on it, right? It's a stupid decision. You just, you just screwed your whole family up, right? In this case, they screwed the city of Marysville up five individuals who had it, didn't know their butt from a hole in the ground, real estate wise. They spent, uh, they spent, um, they indebted the city $17 million for something that's worth about $2 million. And it's against the general fund. So that means you can't let the property go back to the bank and let it be foreclosed upon. And so now we're screwed up financially. So now the city went out and they, they, uh, they raised, uh, they got people to give them another percent sales tax for 10 years. And I was supposed to solve public safety instead of having public safety subcontracted out to other entities like the county sheriff's department or Linda Fire. So instead of doing that, they wanted Marysville on the side of the, they wanted to have their own operation, even though it's a little bitty town of 3.4 square miles. And uh, so then after we thought we, re- we gave that extra couple million dollars a year to them, now they're, they're charging us for, uh, for, uh, community services like that. Now, the next thing is Ellis Lake, which has been around since uh, the early 1900s, was originally a kind of a swamp affair, back, water backed up in there from the high rivers. And and so it was kind of just a lowland uh, bog, and, uh, and then sometimes it would have a lot of water in it. So what happened is a guy named W.T. Ellis got the vision of buying up all the the adjacent parcels, which weren't worth any money because it was up against a mosquito pond. And he said, let's make a big lake out of this. And so the women's club got involved. And then pretty soon Franklin Delano Roosevelt's WPA got involved, the work workers act. 
and uh, they made a kind of a nice lake out of it. But now it's changed, and it went from a clear lake to a, a bog, a cesspond, a pond that's everybody knows that if you don't have fresh water coming in and fresh water and water going out, in and out, your pond gets stagnant, green, mucky. Even a, a decent aquarium is a difficult thing to keep clean. So uh, what happened is the public works director, previous public works director, Dave Lehman, who was raised here, he got the bright idea if he didn't want to pump Yuba River water, which historically had been done, and he wanted to just pump right out of a well, <clears throat> and um, that would be good. But, but well water, they tell me, it's news to me. I didn't know all these things. I'm no biologist, but they tell me, biologists tell me that algae feeds off minerals in the water. And if you have a high mineral content, which you have when you pump well water, Shazam, you get lots of algae. And when you don't have fresh water coming in the lake and water being exiting out of the lake, you just let it evaporate. It just gets funky, funky, funky. And so Charlie Matthews, who's a rice farmer who knows more about pumps and water than all the people in Marysville put together, uh, suggested he would he would pony up $10,000 and Dale Whitmore, a former city councilman, biologist and former employee of the uh, fish and wildlife people. Uh, they, he put up 1500 and they said, let us go down to the old pump by the river and let us fire that up, hook up the PG&E and start pumping. Let's do a test and we'll see if we can't just get rid of all that algae and we'll pump water in that lake. There's already a pipe running to it. Pump water into that lake, fresh water, uh, snow melt water, which is low in minerals. So the algae is going to think, oh, there's more water coming, but where's all our food? And uh, they said, let us pump. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for everything. Let us pump for a month in September, and let's see if the lake doesn't start looking better. And if it does, let's not go try to make an aquarium out of the lake. Now, they, they, the, the, uh, Marty Brown, who's running the city and has got the city council hoodwink because she just, you know, it's kind of like when somebody comes and tells you something and they just, they want you to side with them. They just tell you what they want you to know. They don't tell you the whole story. They keep you in the dark on the whole story. So she's, she's been wanting to make an aquarium out of Ellis Lake. What, what aquarium is, is where you pump chemicals in and then you have an aerator system. So they want to put 25 of these contraptions on the bottom bottom of the lake to pump oxygen up through the lake and it's being run by these big compressors so when you walk around the lake you'll hear as you walk around the lake night and day and and they'll pump these aerators and supposedly that's going to clean up the lake and when you need an injection if you've ever run a pool like i had you had and the algae gets out of control gets really hot you can't keep enough fresh water going in you have to put an algaecide in well that costs money so I'm told that if they if they have to treat the lake, it costs twenty two thousand dollars. Now you you and worried about the taxes and the monies of the city of Marysville, twenty two thousand dollars to clean up the lake is stupid. When you could just run fresh water through it, like how many lakes do you know? Normal lakes, right? Not not God made lakes, but lakes made by mankind, right? Where you have a uh, you make a dam or something, but you have to have it, water coming in and water going out, right? So if you have that, you don't need aerators. You don't need algicides. You don't need compressors. 
You just let the water do its thing and light. It's just a miracle. It's a miracle. How does life work? And that all the lakes in all of Yuba County are run that way. But in this lake, they want to spend $600,000, 675000 to be exact, plus 45000 a year maintenance to make an aquarium out of the lake. Why not just lake, make a lake lake out of it, a real lake, like a normal lake, not a Frankenstein lake? And so then we could ha- we could have fresh water, which, by the way, comes to us free of charge because we have some water rights that we've neglected. Can you imagine all the things we've wasted? And can you think of we've wasted so much in the city of Marysville. We just blow stuff off. Just, oh, we don't want to do that. Can you imagine how much water is worth if it's free and you have water rights pre-1914 water rights? So we have attorneys looking right now at seeing if we can restore those water rights. You have to use the water to keep your water rights. If you ignore that, they take the water rights away. Did you know that? Well, I'm just like helping you with a few things. I'm learning it as I go along myself. So anyway, uh, that's the situation. And um, I need to take a break here. I think I need to take a break. Let's see. Do I want to I, I got my counter off here. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. I'll talk a few more minutes and I'll take a break. So, uh, so anyway, they, Marty Brown uh, has got some of this, the city council folks just totally buffaloed, only taking, giving them part of the information. So that's why they say, well, Lou, you don't know the whole information. Well, I know quite a bit of the information. This is a funny thing. One of the city council people says, Well, we didn't really know what Bill Simmons' proposal was about. Well, if you've ever been on a board, you don't just get to the board meeting and somebody starts talking about a topic you never heard about, right? It's on an agenda, and you get a packet ahead of time. So if you have any question about it, you can do some research. You can call people. You could call an engineer. You could go down and talk to a biologist. You could go talk to a business manager. You could go talk to the person that came up with the idea, right? So anyway, I bet that no super, no councilman even called old Bill Simmons to find out what 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 was up with his proposal of pumping Yuba River water instead of spending six hundred or seven hundred thousand dollars, and only spending ten thousand dollars or less a year instead of forty five thousand dollars a year. How could you do it in, by just running clean water? Well, you can do it that way because that's the way lakes are made to run. They're not made. Did you know that an aquarium is an unnatural situation? When you go into somebody's house, a big old house, and they, you see fish swimming around in midair, surrounded by glass and water and fake, and fake plants, do you know that's not supposed to be that way? Those fish are supposed to be someplace else. And God help you to, to try to create that, and then all of a sudden somebody's not paying attention and they get all algae all over them and then they end up floating around the top of the aquarium. That's what happens. So, see, we, they're trying to make an aquarium out of Ellis Lake. It's the wrong approach. Why is that so complicated? I don't know. So anyway, they're working with this group called EKI, EKI Water and Environment or something like that. So anyway, I get to wondering, how come they're working with this group down in Roseville? How come they're so expensive? And and they just ignored in their proposal, which I read, which I don't know whether all the city council people read. They didn't know this EKI, EKI group that gets paid almost $300 an hour for their engineers. They, they said, hey, uh, we... 
we don't think that Yuba River thing's going to work. It's going to be cost millions of dollars and all these permits. Well, they didn't know what they're talking about. So when guys like that are say when they don't know what they're talking about, there's two things. One, they're either stupid. No, I don't think they're stupid because they got all those degrees and everything down there. So I think they either were biased or they wrote up that report and didn't actually do the work. You know, it's kind of like you remember back in school when you wrote a report and you didn't actually read the whole book. You just kind of read a couple pages here and there and kind of just tried to fake it till you make it. I think either EKI was faking it till they make it or they had a bias and they thought me and us and Marty Brown, the boss over there at the city council, we're just going to make this happen and we're all going to make a lot of money. She's going to look good because she made an aquarium out of the lake. But you know something? When you read the fine print on that EKI proposal, the lake won't even be clean enough without after putting all this money. We're going to drop a million dollars in that thing and you can't even swim in it. They call it no contact sports, no contact with the water. Oh, that's a bad deal. I thought we were going to get clean water out of the deal. Bullard's has clean water. Collins, Merle Collins Reservoir has, has water. Inglebright, clean water. Camp Far West, clean water. Lake Francis, clean water. Let's see, Sly Creek Re- Reservoir. That I always get confused whether that's in our county or the next county over. Anyway, clean water, clean water, clean water. Yuva River's got clean water. Why can't we have clean water? Just run it over this way and then run it out to the Feather River. It's just too simple. You know what this is? It's like I, I run to people all the time. They said, don't confuse me with the facts. I already have my mind made up. There you have it. And politicians don't like to be con- to be crossed by the by the voters. I don't know why they all get shook up about that because they're no smarter than we are. Why do they think that because they sit behind a little nameplate that has their, you know, shows where they sit and they, they got, they sit up a little higher than everybody else that somehow they got smarter because they're up at a higher elevation. I don't understand it, but they do get, they call it getting full of yourselves. Pretty soon. I think they read their paper, their name in the paper a few times and they, and they get to believe in their press. They get to think, oh, who is, oh, that's me they're talking about. Oh, I'm, yeah, that's something. All right, I need to take a break now, and I'm going to play a couple little, there's a little NRA clip and a little funny clip here, and then we'll be right back. I think we're going to do our, we have, we're about up to our last session here, okay? We'll be right back. <laughs> the hellacious Dr. Dazzle. And if you like me, an established rap artist in your early 20s with the head of your record company currently doing hard time, you could be there for this commercial is over. That's why there's some questions you got to ask yourself. Like what's gonna happen to my homies when I get smoked? Who's gonna take care of my biatches? Well, now you can get yourself some peace of mind thanks to the gangster rap life insurance policy for Helper Hand Insurance. Helper Hand pays in cases of drive-bys, assassinations, car bombings, and home invasions. And they're going to take care of my kids after I'm gone, even the ones I don't know about. So my skeezers and my crew will have a secure future, I mean, such as it is. Hey, I know what you're thinking. What about the player-hating suckers that take me out? Are they going to get got? Hell yeah! 
Cause Helper Hand has a special payback rider that ensures that the punk ass bitches who take you out go get theirs. Well put, G. Whether you're east side or west side, we at Helpful Hand are on your side. For the 411 on this policy, please write to... Helpful Hand Gangster Rap Insurance, Box 187, Compton, California, 90063. Because at Helpful Hand, we've got your back. San Francisco's Board of Supervisors today taking the drastic step of officially declaring the nation's premier gun ownership advocates a terrorist organization. I will do everything that I possibly can to call them out on what they are, which is a domestic terrorist organization. I shake my head and I go, what the heck is going wrong in our country? Let's give them a real clear view of who we all are. How many police officers do we have here today? Please stand up. Anyone who works in healthcare, in any ways, anyone who works in education, if you work in manufacturing, construction, if you work in a trade, maybe a plumber, and how about stay-at-home moms? If you own your own business, firefighters out there, if you're in the military or a vet, do you obey the law? Stand up and be recognized as Americans. I want all the media to look around this room right now and see us for the American people that we truly are. We are law-abiding Americans who believe liberty is a blessing. We love our country. I promise you, we're never going to stop fighting for your right and folks just like you all over America to have the right to defend themselves. So we're not going to give up or apologize that in a dangerous world, the Second Amendment is often all we have. Every one of these Americans are what we're about. And when you're out there without a care, yeah, I was out of. I said it was our last session, but I think we got two sessions, so we're all right. We got time. All right, so we're talking about the city of Marysville, and and some of you, either you've been from the city of Marysville, you're now living in Idaho, or you're over there in uh, Missouri, or maybe you're thinking, I don't know what these guys are doing over there, and these people have lost their minds over there. But I'm telling you that politicians, no matter where they are in the United States, sometimes lose their way, and they do things that are crazy. They lose their minds. And unless the unless the voters are paying attention and organize and speak their mind and remind the politicians and the administrators that they are not the bosses, the people in this country, by the according to the Constitution, are the bosses. Right. But we've given up that idea. We don't want to stand up and say that we get all like flustered and nervous and everything. And so we get goofed up. Now, I got to asking myself, what is the connection with this EKI? Now, this we had a after Dave Lehman, he was the he we had this uh, public works guy. In fact, Dave and I went to school together. I knew his dad. I knew his mom. I knew his sister and played on sports teams with him. And he became an engineer and I went crazy out there and went nuts for a few years. Then I got got converted and followed Jesus Dave, he, he became an engineer, and he got working for the city of Marysville. So when I got tried to work with Dave, 
we had a hard time working together. I tried to offer ideas and stuff, and he had his own ideas. He's smart. And um, so, but <clears throat> towards the end of his career, I don't know what got into Dave, but he decided to not file state reports. You ever decided to not file your income tax or not file, you know, I used to run a couple businesses and I'd have to file board of equalization reports like for a car business. Well, if you decide not to do that, it takes the work off, right? It takes the pressure off, but then eventually it catches up with you because a state person is going to contact you and say, Hey, by the way, I haven't seen any reports from you lately. And are you going to, when are you going to file those? And we're going to have to fight. We're going to have to give you a penalty if you don't get it together. So Dave, <clears throat> because there had been some issues over a wastewater treatment plant in the city of Marysville. The state of California, they don't play around on that water stuff. So they came and said, listen, you need to have a plan. You need to do this. You need to do that. We need to get, you need to get rid of those sewage ponds. You need to do a lot of stuff. And so Dave quit making these quarterly reports. And so he didn't do a, I think I used to say 12, but I counted 11 the other day. He didn't do 11, and so they played around and figured out how are we going to penalize him, and so they penalized the city right after they passed this new tax measure to raise a million and a half or so dollars a year or $2 million. and they the state fined us over $3 million for not filing some papers. Well, you know that the city of Marysville pays over $10,000 a month every 30 days the city of Marysville gives over $10,000 to some attorney group in town. They used to call them Rich, Fewage, Marsh, and something, 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 something. Boodly cop, boop, 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 over by Ellis Lake. And they've been around for many years, and they get paid over $10,000 a month just to start with. And then if they go over the amount of hours, then they get more money. And so they had them go down and negotiate with the state of California, and they decided to lower the amount they were going to charges to $288,288. And then they were kind enough to say, actually, if you'll just give us half that $144,144, just pay that to us now, then you take the other half and pick a, a water project in your jurisdiction that needs help, and you spend that on your own self. So the city went about trying to work on this Ellis Lake thing. And that's why we got this big boondoggle with hiring this EKI. Well, why did they hire EKI? I got to wondering. And, and the other day, one of the city councilmen told me, Lou, Dave Lehman, who had to leave, we don't know whether he resigned or got fired after he didn't file all those reports by Walter Munchheimer. He was the the county city administrator back then. He is now working with EKI. So I thought, oh, I wonder if that's how we got hooked up with this very, very expensive. They charge you for $85 an hour for secretarial work down there. It's expensive. I saw the, I saw the, I actually read their documents. I don't know whether city council did, but I did. They're one expensive. And then if they subcontract anything, then they mark up extra on top of that. So anyway, here's another deal. This is, that's the lake I told you about. But then right when I was looking up all the lake stuff, then I realized that, you know, in Cal water, I mentioned earlier, California water is so expensive for our city. Like Yuba City has their own water, Oliver, Linda, out in Yuba County, they got their own water systems. 
we have oh we have we pay 304% more wa- for water here. Water is one of the most expensive things I have here at this house cuz I like green. I don't like brown. So anyway, uh so since EKI was involved on this lake, they suggested to this to the county because we can't afford to water the lawns here because California Water Service is so high. So the city can't even afford the water of the of the own water district here. So they said, well, what if we put we put a well in each park and have our own pump and just we just pay the utilities because the water is underneath the city. It's free. It's in a big aquifer down there. And um, so but the so EKI said, well, we'll write a grant to the California Water Department. And, you know, that's that money where we always we always pass bonds to have more dams. But then they keep taking it and they spend it on stupid stuff like this. So they wrote a grant for four hundred thousand dollars to put in some wells. But the way they wrote it is they just wrote and they wrote a four hundred thousand dollar grant of which they get paid seventy nine thousand dollars for their services. And it's and they're going to they're going to design one well for Gavin Park. Well, we. Four hundred thousand dollars. If you give me four hundred thousand dollars, I could put a well. I, I'd do it for free. I'd just hire the people. I wouldn't charge you anything for my services. I'd put a well in every single park that doesn't have one in the city, and give you back the extra money. It wouldn't cost four hundred thousand dollars. A lot of money. And the reason I know that is I put in wells out there where I work at Glad Tidings. We put in one that had five hundred gallons a minute to fight fire. We put all kinds of wells in out there and pumps, submersible pumps, above ground pumps, submersible pumps, all kinds of pumps, farming pumps, pumps that run run micro micro jet systems over 18 acres, lots bigger than any park we got in this town. So I got a little bit of experience, but I never hired any engineer, no engineering firm. I just went I just figured out what I needed. And I went and talked to the pump people, and they laid it out. They designed it because they know how to design. They know what water pressure is, how many heads you need, how many gallons per minute per head, how how deep they're going to get, how much water they're going to get per gallon per gallon per minute, how much they're going to need, how far down they need to go. They know all that stuff. The reason is we're in a farm community. We got thousands and thousands of wells all over here pumping water for houses, pumping water for prunes, peaches, apricots. Every type, every type of food out here. We got wells, pumps. These farmers are experts. You don't need no engineer. So th- the city hires these guys and they want $400,000. And they're going to put down a well that goes down 300 feet. My goodness, you could, you could hand dig a well here and hit water in the city of Marysville. Because we're between two rivers. We, our, our, even during the drought, our water level didn't go down. I don't know whether the city council understands these things. You just have to talk to Cal Water. They're using wells. They I've had them tell me. They said, Lou, right in the middle of this drought, we're charging everybody extra. But they said, our well, the water table, never went down any in the city. You don't have to go down 300 feet. And the, the, this uh, EKI says, we're going we're gonna to drill a well that will put out 100 and, 180 gallons a minute. It'll blow the heads off that place. You don't need 180 gallons a minute. You need like 15 to 20 gallons a minute. Right now at, at Gavin Park, California Water Service is, if if we want to use their service, it's very expensive. They put out they put out about 15 to 20 gallons a minute. 
to push those sprinklers and irrigate grass. That's all we're doing. And they're going to put in a 180-gallon-a-minute pump? That's like a fire hydrant pump. That's like fighting fire, or that's like irrigating rice or something. We don't need that kind of... And they're going to charge 400. You can, you can, we could put pumps in every single park in the entire city of Marysville. We'd have this place, the greenest place in the world, and we don't need no $400,000. But the city has lost their minds. I don't know who, I don't know whether these people that are in the city council have never done anything in their life, but they obviously aren't doing their homework. They're, they're, you know what the worst thing you can do? If you have staff, that doesn't mean they replace your brain with the staff, with the personnel. The staff is there to do some of the legwork. But the reason you have city council members and supervisors is to go out and put your own brain to the brain to the grindstone and do your own evaluation and see if that's the right way to do it. And if you haven't got any experience, go talk to somebody who does. Right. And see whether the staff is doing the right thing. The staff is is not God's gift to the city. And, and many people are just run by the boss and they just do what the boss wants. And it's not the best decision, particularly if the bosses have never worked in anything but government. Never worked in anything but government. When you worked in the private sector, then you go to work in government. Then you have so, you have something to measure it against and how much money we're wasting here. How much money we're wasting here. And how little you can, when you're spending your own money, like Brad Hudson, uh, he's a city councilman. He, he worked in firefighting, but he's now owned his own, his own business. And he knows he, I'm sure he's operating his business different than they operate the fire department. He's watching every penny. I'm sure, because if he runs out of money, it's his hiney that's going to be in trouble. Bruce Buttercavoli has been through a bankruptcy. I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at him. I'm saying that's very difficult. That's a, that's a horrible situation to be in. However, he got there. And, and that's where you basically run out of money. You can't pay your bills. And that's a bummer position to be in. And hopefully he learns something by it. You know, it can happen to a lot of people. It just, you know, it's, it's a bad situation, but, uh, but too often the staff is being dictated to by the administrator. And they are not, they're not making independent decisions on the, and, and that's why the city council and the board of supervisors need to go out and make their own independent judgment based upon the facts before them. Is that paving? Is that the best deal we can get on the paving? Is that the best excavation work we can get for the amount of money? Is that, I mean, it took Bill Simmons, for instance, one of the city council members to go and, and he had to go figure out with Chris Pedigo, another city council member, how to dig out the inlet out of the Uber or the Feather River into our boat ramp to get the boat ramp open. It was all full of silt and nobody dealt with it. So we have Dave Lehman now that's a consultant for EKI, and now we're spending like 10, 15, 20, 40 times as much as we need to pay. In this case, we're paying, we could put a well down in Gavin Park for less than, less than $7,000, and we're spending $400,000. It's totally nuts. To have an engineering firm oversee that project is like having an engineering firm oversee the cleaning of my house over here. It's stupid. It's actually stupid. It doesn't make any sense at all. 
And so the, the city council has lost their minds. I don't know what it is about Marysville. I, I have spiritual reasons. I, I follow Jesus. And the Bible is really clear on it. If you, if you show honor to idols, you're going to get your butt kicked. I don't care whether, whether you're a city councilman and church go or not. You honor idols, you're going to get your nose broke. And we've been honoring this Buckeye thing for decades, maybe a hundred years. And we wonder how come the city of Marysville circling the drain all the time. I, I don't blame blind people, spiritually blind people. They're clueless about things like this. But in the supernatural world, when you're honoring demons, <laughs> honestly, man, you have lost your brain. If you're a church person, if you if you if you have, if you know how to read the Bible, you have lost your ever loving mind to honor. And and if you shouldn't be on the city council, maybe you shouldn't be on the city council. But to honor that and take part in that is just it just like it's like urinating on Jesus. That's what that's all about. So you wonder how come. Like I was mentioning as a city council member the other day, it's one thing if you're going to make a few bad decisions along the way that, oh, if I had to do that to over again, I'd do it this way. But I said, if you just flipped a coin and you didn't look at the staff report, you didn't even study the issue, you'd, you'd make more correct decisions on that city council of Marysville. When you're making 9.9 out of 10 decisions wrong, that's a curse. That's not, the, that's not bad odds. That's a curse. That's that's really swinging and missing. I mean, you got to ask yourself when we're screwing, when things are this bad. What I would recommend the city of Marysville, everybody read the Old Testament and the history of Israel. When Israel rejected God, they prophesied at one point they're going to be eating each other. You know what happened? They started eating one another. Read it yourself. How about Second Kings seven? Uh, and pretty soon they just started rejecting God and pretty soon things he said, you're going to get so difficult in such difficult situations. You're going to be eating your own children. They had their own Donner party before Donner came around. And you know what that was about? It was about a Buckeye issue, right? But we, we were like, oh, yeah, this is our biggest deal. Oh, yeah, we Buckeye, Buckeye, Buckeye. You know, honestly, when you know, you look at the root of how how we got in this so confused upside down when we're wanting to make an aquarium out of a big old lake <laughs> people come to town that i know and just laugh at this city they just totally they say you got to be kidding lou they they look at riverfront park and just people we how beautiful that park could be and we we don't ever develop that park we let the the boat ramp go we want to have our own i'm all for police and fire i i dedicated 30 years of my life to it but we we got to have a little police and fire department every like every mile we have a new one like one here then we cross the bridge you have another one over there and then we go a little farther and out in the county have another one there in areas of the country where they have one institution called a fire department or a sheriff's department to cover the the equivalent of both our communities we got five five or six we got Wheatland we got Marysville we got Yuba City we got Sutter County we got Yuba County we got CHP God. It's unbelievable how many layers, you know, everybody's getting 100,000, 150,000, 200,000, 250,000. It's unbelievable. So anyway, uh, 
that's what's going on in the city of Marysville, and they're getting ready to make some really bad decisions over there. And I don't know what to do about it. You can chime. If you live in the city of Marysville, you might think of calling your city council. I've written articles about it in the Territorial Dispatch. You can look online at territorialdispatch.biz. And um, if you think, I, I put some uh, phone numbers in there for the city council members if you want to call them. Sitting, I can guarantee you what's going to happen if you do nothing is you're going to be, you'll end up moving like some of my friends have moved because they couldn't take it anymore. And they just thought, hey, this is stupid around here. There's somebody, somebody's got the stupid pill. They've been taking those stupid pills. So um, let me let me give you a, a one one other thing. I I want to encourage you to uh, check in with my friend uh, Ted Holmes at Plumbing Doctor at five three zero six seven one nine one one one. They serve Eubin Sutter counties, kind of the same area that. Dave Greenitz Construction does, and uh, they come out night or day, and they they give you a they call a job by by a cost. They don't work by the hour. They just say, hey, we'll do it for this. So you right up front, you know what it's going to cost you to resolve this problem: clean out your drain line, put in a new line, put in a new master line out of the home into the home, replace toilets, uh, replumb something, whatever. They do, they do a lot of cool stuff. Plumbing Doctor, they're located here in Yuba City. You can reach them at 530-671-9111. So I would encourage you to give them a shout-out and um, use them. You know, even in the recession, uh, you just got, sometimes you just got to have a plumber. And sometimes I, got, I flushed the toilet or something. And there's certain times when you want water to come towards you. And and in certain times you want water to go away from you. And if that changes in the wrong fixture, then you need a plumber. That's my theory. You want water to go at certain times, say out, and certain times in, right? And then sometimes I've noticed where I'm washing the dishes, I got the hot water going, and then out in the yard, I noticed steam coming right out of the yard. And I thought, that ain't right right there. Steam coming off my lawn, out of the dirt, that's not right. And I had to call the plumbing doctor, and they had to explain it to me that I had a bad hot water leak somewhere, and I was, like, warming up the whole plot instead of just working on my yard, instead of working on my dishes or whatever. So, anyhow, uh, we're going to take another break here, and I got uh, a final clip here on whether the eagle egg, they're going to interview some youngsters, and is an eagle egg more valuable than a baby? And uh, you ought to... This will, like, sober you up right now. We'll be back for another uh, 20-minute segment, and uh, just hang on. What's up, guys? This is Will Witt with PragerU. Today we're in Echo Park where we have a petition to stop the killing of eagles, stop the destruction of eagle eggs. But then we're asking them to sign a petition to stop the killing of babies. 
see how it goes. We have a petition to stop the killing of eagles, like eagle eggs, you know, people disturb them or they destroy them. These eagles haven't been born yet, like they have rights, you know, everything, yeah. like we don't, we don't think that they should be harmed or there should be harsher penalties for those kind of things. Would you yes. guys agree? Huh? Yeah. Awesome. If you guys agree, we have a pen right here. Yeah, of course. Awesome. Don't kill eagles. Yeah, don't kill eagles, right? Eagles what have rights heck? too. So here's a pen. Eagles are people too. Yeah, eagles are people too. Sign printed name. I signed That's fine. it. It's, it's fine. fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, double signature is fine. I had like three white claws today. Oh my god, how fun! Perfect. All right, now you sign it. And so I didn't know if you guys would want to yeah. sign yeah. for sure. Yeah, definitely. Best of luck. I hope you save the eagles. Thank you. Thank you so much. And we actually, let me just talk to you real quick. We have one other petition about stopping the killing of humans too. Oh my god. Like babies. Stop the killing of babies. I hate like killing you, of babies. Right? Like you hate you hate abortion? We want to protect their rights too, even though being like unborn. Wait, so I know no, if you would I wanna... don't agree with that. You don't agree with that? No, I'm like I, I'm pro abortion, sorry. Oh, fair enough. Why why do you <laughs> is this awkward now? Oh no, like, I don't agree. You don't agree? I uh fully support abortion. Why do you support not the killing of unborn eagles, but the killing of unborn children? Um, I think it's the mother's decision. I feel like anyone can make their own decision about their body. I think because there's specific, like, uh, rape isn't considered when you're talking of, like, e eagles aren't raped. That's, I think that's true. A human woman should have more rights probably than a bald eagle. Yeah. Okay. Abortion. Thanks. <laughs> but babies are gross. See, babies are gross? Yes. Well, it's just like, you know what it does to your body? You're not a woman, so you'd have no idea. There's precautions against that. There are. Yeah, there 2019. Are. Take birth control. Use condoms. Yeah. A lot of things get overlooked when we're talking about people because we have consciousness. Yeah, fair enough. Do eagles have consciousness? I don't know. I've never talked to an eagle. That's fair. I don't think eagles have a lot of opinions. I don't think so either. That's okay. <laughs> All right, guys, so we just finished up here, and we found that a lot of the people who we talked to at the beginning of our interview with them didn't really like us at the end of our interview with them. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and Senators, for providing me an opportunity to address this important issue. I want you to imagine for a moment that you are an employer, and you've got some problems with your employees. When you hired these employees, they promised they would do exactly what you asked of them. But once they got the job, they became a nightmare. They stopped listening to you and started using the job to line their own pockets. They took the company credit card and racked up more debt than you could afford to pay back. They became so obsessed with keeping their jobs that they forgot to do their jobs. And after all that failure, all that disappointment, and all that incompetence, your employees came to you and said, we deserve a raise. If you're a reasonable person, that should make your blood boil. And yet, that is exactly what it feels like to be an American taxpayer. The first three words in our Constitution are, we the people. It's written larger than anything else because the framers of that document, the architects of our republic, wanted to remind you at all times who's in charge. We, the people. We are your employers, and you have an obligation to listen to us. So I come to you with a message from the American people. We demand term limits for members of Congress. In fact, according to the most recent national polls on the issue, 82% of Americans want term limits. That includes support from 89% of Republicans, 76% of Democrats, and 83% of independent voters. This is not a left or right issue. This is an American issue. In fact, term limits could be the only issue with support from both President Trump 
and former President Obama. Now, there was a time about 25 years ago when Congress was debating this. Nearly every opponent of term limits up here had the same rebuttal. Experience, experience, experience. We need experience to do this job right. If only you leave your Congress member in office for decades on end, he or she will become such a policy expert that all our problems will be solved. In hindsight, that was one of the worst predictions ever. This system is broken. Congress has given us $22 trillion in debt, the longest war in American history, a broken health care system, a broken immigration system, a tax code written by lobbyists, an explosion of money in politics. Worst of all, too few here have the courage to address these problems because the only focus is on getting reelected. That's why it comes as no surprise that Congress has a 60%, a 14% approval rating, and 60% of Americans say that they would fire every single member of Congress if they could. Congress is less popular than traffic jams, root canals, and hemorrhoids. You're beating head lice, but the lice have asked for a recount. Unfortunately, elections alone cannot fix this problem. Not because voters like you guys so much, but due to the nearly unbreakable power of incumbency. At the same time members of Congress publicly claim elections are free and fair, they secretly deploy every trick in the book to keep power. Incumbents get $9 in special interest money for every dollar that goes to a challenger. And if incumbents are having difficulty raising money, not to worry, they're allowed to send campaign-style mailers at taxpayer expense. That's to say nothing of all the free media and name recognition politicians naturally get just for being in office. The incumbent advantage creates a barrier to entry for everyday Americans without the connections to fund a campaign. It is the case for term limits. Elections may in theory be capable of dethroning incumbents, but that isn't how it works in the real world. Congressional incumbents have a 98% re-election rate. That probably explains why Congress looks more like a country club than a melting pot. It's predominantly made up of lawyers and politicians and is disproportionately old, white, rich, and male. Term limits would give us a legislature that better reflects the diversity of our society. The message long-term incumbents send to young people like me seems to be, we want you just close enough to the political process to help us win, but don't get too close and take our jobs. The American people have lost confidence in this Congress, and for good reason. We routinely see abuses of power. 18 months ago, it was revealed that members of Congress were secretly using taxpayer money to settle lawsuits, some for sexual harassment. You still haven't disclosed how our money was spent and on whose behalf. So term limits is a check on arrogance, it's a check on incumbency, and it's a check on power. It's a way to restore political courage while bringing fresh faces and ideas to Washington. As Ben Franklin said, for the rulers to return among the people was not to degrade them, but to promote them. As Kanye West said, no one man should have all that power. Here's the dilemma we face. Over 80% of Americans want term limits to happen. Donald Trump and Barack Obama want it. It is being blocked purely by the self-interest of Congress. If this were a trial, you all would have to recuse yourselves because there is a colossal conflict of interest. If term limits pass, you won't stay in the limelight forever. You won't be the center of attention. And some people might even stop laughing at your jokes. You'll have to become ordinary citizens. And that is, my friends, the entire point. We're asking you to do what's right and listen to the people you represent. It's time to bring the gravy train into the station, end the reign of career politicians, and give Congress back to the people. Please support Senate Joint Resolution 1 for term limits. Thank you.
for our last go around here for today. And uh, let's see, I wanted to mention before we go, we got about 15, 20 minutes here, but I want to mention three or four websites that I think are really important. And I, I commented on one of them earlier, but I think everybody, everybody, everybody needs to go uh, think through the Constitution, because I think you're going to be challenged here in the next coming years. You're being challenged now. Some of you are just ignoring it. But you need to know what the Constitution uh, uh, says and means, and uh, because there's a lot of people running this country right now uh, in places of uh, elected officials and non-elected officials that are calling shots over agencies that do not believe in the Constitution and are just simply ignoring it. And a good example is the Yuba County Supervisors. Uh, they ignored the Constitution, our free, uh, our freedom of speech rights, and using our money to lobby against us to pay more taxes. So I'm going to give you three websites here that you can mark down, and pretty much all of them uh, from time to time are doing free uh, training or free lectures on the Constitution. So the first one is instituteontheconstitution.com. Institute on the Constitution. That's the Macaulay family, Jake Macaulay and his guys. They also do these short clips called The American View, which I've been starting to play each week. I've been playing one a week on uh, on the show here. Amer the American View. You can catch those probably on YouTube. And then Chris Ann Hall. Macaulay has spoken here a couple times in the uh, Yuba Sutter area. Chris Ann Hall as well, she and her husband. Chris Ann Hall is a trained attorney, uh, worked for the state of Florida before she had a falling out with them over things like the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So Chris Ann Hall with a K, Chris, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E, Hall, all one word, chrisannhall.com. And then finally, Hillsdale College, which goes by Hillsdale, Hills plural hill, hillsdale, D-A-L-E, dot E-D-U, like education, E-D-U. And these guys uh, are all providing expert uh, analysis and, and uh, training on the Constitution. Uh, your, your kids, if they are, uh, you know, later in the um, elementary school or early high school, I would get them in right in the big middle of this and learn the Constitution, and it will really prepare them for college, particularly if they're going to go into business or law. Uh, they're not teaching it in the in the public system anymore, and they, people need to get, know it. So Institute on the Constitution.com, TheAmericanView.com, ChrisAnnHall.com, Hillsdale.edu. All right. So uh, let's see whether I have any other details to cover uh, before we kind of get into some more topics here. Oh, let's see. All right. I mentioned to you earlier that Planned Parenthood today is harvesting body parts off babies and uh, selling them, making a profit. Isn't that amazing? And they're prosecuting. They're prosecuting... Uh, good people that risked their life and now their freedom and their finances 
to expose, you know, usually America would applaud and give medals to people like this, right? But we actually now have presidential candidates like Kamala Harris who defends the harvesting of human organs, right? Uh, off people that didn't have a decision. Like if she wants to allow her organs to be harvested, all she has to do is say so, right? Babies do not have a decision over their baby, their, their lives being killed, ended and their, and their organs being harvested. Uh, plan, it says here, Planned Parenthood abortion providers appeared under oath this last week and admitted supplying body parts of children in the womb for not to for-profit brokers like STEM Express. Meanwhile, the vice president of the National Abortion Federation denied any knowledge of the gruesome trafficking of fetal body parts, despite hosting STEM Express as a major vendor as the, at the trade shows. The first day of testimony confirmed what we have been saying all along. This is a biased attack, according to David Delighton, who has been arrested. He's the guy that exposed parting out babies. It's just unbelievable. We just accept this. Um, he said, we've been saying this all along. This is a biased attack on the First Amendment civil rights and a political prosecution uh, to shield Planned Parenthood from accountability for their crimes against women and children. David Delighton says U.S. Senator and presidential candidate Kamala Harris, who was California's attorney general when he was charged, used her law enforcement and political power to destroy him. I want you to think about if this happened to you. Listen, listen to this. Delighton said Harris's office ordered a raid on his apartment during which 11 agents, 11, 11. This isn't a hit on the MS-13 gang members. This isn't a hit on a major meth lab or marijuana operation or gangster operation. This is a hit on a journalist. Eleven agents tore through his belongings, took expensive camera and video equipment. Delighted on Monday in a tweet called the charge bogus and, and an attack on free speech, etc., Check this out. Delighton also notes that although it's been four years since his undercover videos revealed what the abortion industry does with human remains, it generates. The federal government has not canceled contracts or grants for work that uses body parts obtained from deceased human children. I want you to think about that for a minute. It's been four years since he declared, you'd think, oh, they're doing it, but they're really the government's against it because they're good people and they're law abiding people. And I thought we were just aborting kids and burning or burying the body parts. But no, now now that we told them, you'd think, oh, my God, this is so repulsive. We're going to go do something about it. Right. And then they don't do anything about it. So he says, although it's been four years since the undercover videos revealed what the abortion industry does with the human remains it generates, the federal government has not canceled contracts or grants for work that uses body parts obtained from deceased, murdered children. He says, why does he have to say this? Why don't you say it? It's unconscionable. 
he says, it's unconscionable. In other words, your conscience is seared, the Bible would say. Your conscience is seared. For the human, the Health and Human Services Department of a pro-life administration called the Trump administration, to be every month basically setting these abortion quotas, having a number of orders of fresh fetal body parts, these are their own words in their own contracts that they're ordering and expecting to receive from abortion mills each month for taxpayer-funded experimentation. We're doing Frankenstein experimentation on children that have been aborted. Delighton says that our own government is spending $100 million each year on buying aborted baby parts. Our government, it's not a private industry thing. Our government is doing it as well. And that number has increased in the past two years. It, is, it hasn't gotten done. In other words, under Trump, it has actually gone up. Delighton compares an undercover work with work to the Project Dakota Flyer. You ever heard of the Dakota Flyer Project? It's a sting operation by Fish and Wildlife Services. We used to call it Fish and Game, but now it isn't politically correct, right? Because they don't want anybody to hurt any of this wildlife. So it's, we're serving the wildlife now and the fish. We're serving them. We don't eat them. We don't kill them and eat them. Fish and catch them and eat them. There was a sting operation called Project Dakota Flyer that unveiled a black market for eagle feathers and body parts of eagles, leading to the Department of Justice investigating 15 defendants. Delighton says, you would think that harvesting, trafficking, and selling human body parts was just as much of a concern as the harvest, trafficking, and selling of bald eagle body parts. Legal Minds, it said in this article, warn against pro-lifers believing Delighton, who's the journalist, and there was a female named Merritt as well, but he's the main culprit they're getting after. People are saying that Delighton is probably not going to be cleared. They said he may, he may get found guilty here. It's interesting. Xavier, Xavier, X-A-V-I-E-R, Becerra. He's our new attorney general. Oh, he's a cocky dude. He's all arrogant and everything. So, uh, that's that the delight in issue. And just so you think you think, Oh, it may have stopped when he discovered it and displayed it for the world. Right. Do you think the articles about China parting out their prisoners? No, not dead prisoners. They kill them to get their organs so they could sell them to you. If you're short a kidney, you need a kidney. You're what you get tired of waiting in the U S you can just go to China. They'll hook you up with the right DNA. They'll pick a prisoner that's got your close DNA match a good enough DNA match, and they'll harvest him, harvest his organs, and uh, tell his family that uh, he got sick and died, and they buried him. Sorry that, sorry that worked out that way. You think, oh, I don't believe that. Well, obviously you're ignorant. That's just, that's just what's going on there. So do you think that people in the West writing books about this? This isn't conspiracy theory, folks. These are medical doctors medical internists that fled China because they were being forced to harvest the body parts of live prisoners. Now we've taken it a step in another direction from harvesting little baby, be the beating hearts of little babies. 
because they wanted to practice on little beating hearts. They take them out and keep them beating, I guess. And so then we go from there to China. And do you think, oh, well, you say, well, that's China. You know, we don't control them. But, you know, hey, I'm just telling you. That's what's going on in China. So I read an article. This is in a, a major, uh, I think it was in Epic Times. A million Uyghur people. Somebody said to me, well, what's the Uyghurs? I thought they're all just Chinese. I said, honestly, man, this is the public school system. They're teaching about transsexuality and how to screw a horse, you know, uh, instead of teaching about people groups. And, and the Uyghur people are primarily Muslims up from Mongolia, which the Chinese took over. And supposedly they got a, a million Uyghur people in concentration camps, right? Using them to harvest their organs. So that's just just something to think about. Let's see. I'm just trying to think what I should finish up with today. Oh, have you, did you notice all the illegal folks coming in? And I know if you're a Democrat, you just think, hey, we, we shouldn't have... There's, it's just ungodly to have a border around your country. Some people just don't understand how to connect the dots. So I've noticed this. We just have a lot of Mexican or Mexican and other illegals, but because we have so many Mexicans, I think they show up a lot more. That just, they don't have any, they can't stay in their lane sexually. They, they can't seem to find a woman about their same age to have sex with. So they go get a vulnerable little girl or boy that cannot defend themselves and shoot them in the forehead or cut their penis off. And so they end up violating this little child, uh, female or male. It's a problem. And there's a lot of molesters coming across the border. And sometimes they have to catch them two and three times because these Democrats don't seem to be able to sort out their sexuality either. And so they just find a spot to park it and park it wherever they want. Are you with me? You can dial me up if you want me to explain that in more detail. So the, I noticed this article, migrant charged for alleged sex with a cow down in Texas. I thought, whoa, now I, I remember I did one in Oxala, Florida, where a guy was having sex with a, a miniature donkey. That's more like a reasonable size for a guy. But this, this is a Mexican migrant arrested earlier this year after Border Patrol agents saw him allegedly having sex with a cow in South Texas. Uh, police in the Rio Grande Valley arrested the man on allegations. This is another arrest of the same guy on intoxicated driving. Driving under the influence, they call it, call it DUI, or we used to call it DWI, right? Driving while intoxicated. So this guy just keeps coming across the border, right? 28-year-old Jose Nino, a Mexican national who was in the country illegally. Sheriff's deputies arrested Nino and took him to the Star County Jail. Nino went before Star County Justice of the Peace, Ramiro Guian, who formally charged him with one count of bestiality, a state jail felony and set his bond at $1,500 and let him go. Just said, give me $1,500 and come back at the next date. Right? 
Deputies then turned Nino over to the Border Patrol. So, uh, now, he's been out, and Texas Department of Public Safety troopers arrested Nino this week for allegedly driving while intoxicated. Immigration officials told Breitbart, Texas, that Nino had a lengthy immigration history. How do you have a lengthy immigration history? That means you just keep ignoring the law, which includes multiple violations of for illegal reentry after removal. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement placed an immigration detainer on Nino on Monday. I noticed that some guys I know over at Yuba County Jail, I, I, I get along with most everybody. But honestly, when guys tell me they got four DUIs and then they stabbed a guy in a bar because they were drunk, at, at some point you just think, come on, man. It, you got to do better than that, right? It's like, it's like, like somebody, I forget who it was the other day, somebody I knew, they were Mexican citizen. They're citizen of the United States, have to be Mexican descent. And and a, a Mexican ran into them who was totally driving illegal. Little legal car, didn't have a license, da da da. There are certain cultures, and you got you know, I've been around some. I get I've been traveling for twenty to thirty years in other countries. Some cultures just don't have regard for the law. They just think, hey, that applies to them, not me. So I am, uh, so I, oh, I, I don't have a license, so I'm going to drive without a license. Or I get a permit, and I need somebody to ride with me and get a license. So I just say, oh, I need to ride, drive, so I got a permit, but I'll just drive without the person that's permitting me to drive, right? Or they, they just drive a car, and it doesn't have proper tags, or they don't have insurance, or they're drunk, right? They just don't have a high regard for the law. You know, at one time, the country, the nation was here. It, it was a place of the law. And, it, and what you hoped for was that there would be an impartial applying of that law, whether you had money, whether you didn't have money, whether you were this color or that color or whatever, that, that we applied that judiciously, fairly, right? But it just seemed like it, don't, it doesn't happen that way anymore. And, lots of, and the more foreigners we come, you know, we've all... We've all always been a nation of foreigners, but at one time it was like, hey, this is the American way. Walk you in it, right? In other words, assimilate and join up with, have this philosophy, right? And people embraced that because they thought, oh, this is what we've been looking for because we, we didn't have this freedom. We didn't have these opportunities. We didn't have this. We didn't have that. So they embraced that. But now it just seems like, hey, I'm going to come over here, get me some, get on general assistance, get me some free education, free health care, get my baby born over here and uh, get me a, uh, some housing, uh, some cheap housing, Section 8 housing. Get me, I can have a baby and, my, and the government will pay for it through the WIC, the nutrition services. Don't have to pay for that, all those nutrition items for mom and baby. And uh, I can just cash in over here and I, I don't really need to follow the rules, right? I just, they'll just give me this stuff because I just showed up here. I'm good to go. Well, it doesn't, you know, I don't think it should work that way. And I think people need to be held accountable, but they aren't. Sanctuary cities are all about 
those cities getting more money from the federal government because they have higher populations, whether they're citizens or not. That's why the Democrats do not want you to have to tell on your census whether you're a citizen or not. Hold that thought. Well, I think we're, I think we've, I've, I've lost track of my time on and off. I didn't get my buttons pushed right on the way through today, but I think I'm about there. So I'm going to call it a day and we'll save everything else for next week. I got a meeting to go to tonight, so I need to prepare for that. So thank you for listening. And uh, again, you know how to get a hold of us. I mentioned that earlier. And so uh, we're signing off here at No Hostages Radio. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Representatives of Illinois' law enforcement community who have chosen to join us here in the Palace Hotel Ballroom at this time. We certainly hope you all enjoy the show. And remember, people, that no matter who you are and what you do to live, thrive, and survive, there's still some things that make us all the same. You, me, them, everybody.